Welcome to No One Will Be Seated. I'm Jason. I'm Fred. And that intro was the most energy I've put out in weeks. I was about to say, you came in real hot with I that came one. In, came in hard. <laughs> came in hard. And uh, typically, no. we take a look at uh, the, the history genre of films one year at a time. But right now, we're taking a look at the history of a different type of thing. I mean, some might call it a, a, a saga. A saga. A saga that's coming to an end pretty soon. You know, do you think at this point this series is like it's had uh, enough uh, fame attached to it, enough enough um, influence that you can just call it the saga, right? Like, I think that's I don't fair. Think, I don't think anybody else would think of anything different if you were to refer to something as the saga. As the saga. Yeah. Um, it's enough that uh, through a large portion of my twenties, I was writing screenplays to a trilogy that I yeah. then was going to be like. Uh, when I realized that the chance was I was never going to be a screenwriter or uh, one that made money, uh, I decided to do it in books. And I originally had called it just Saga. Yeah. And it all, I almost felt like I was breaking some sort of a copyright by doing that. <laughs> you know, I think I remember this one. Wasn't this, was this a series that you were working on like four years ago or something? Four or five? Um, Maybe a bit longer. Actually, no, because I was still living at my mom's at about that time that I'm thinking of. Yeah, very possible. I've worked on it since I was like 18 okay up to like a few years ago i was still like kind of tinkering with stuff you know as you get older stuff you know kind of changes a little bit but yeah, uh, no, but I yeah i had that. just called it, it was it was almost like a code name you know like blue harvest i just called it saga yeah and uh i just felt i felt dirty i felt like i was ripping it off it's just at this point the word saga i think can only be tied to one thing and that thing of course is star wars star wars we are taking a look at all 10 films as of 10 films as of now so um, here's the thing i was yeah. thinking about this the other day right um because i was talking to, to frankie about it maybe off topic but isn't it kind of insane that we've got what i think 23 or 24 like marvel movies at this point yes how did we 20, allow that to happen? 22 or something like that, I think. 22 in, like, the span of a decade, basically. Yeah, like, if you think about it, right, we've, we've got, we finally have 10 Star Wars movies. Right. Over over the course of several decades, right? Yeah. You look you look at Marvel and it's like, yeah, 23 in the, over the course of 10. It's like, okay, we, we got to, someone needs to tell us to, to stop it. We've gone too far. We've hit a point where we just say stop, no more. Here's the thing. We were almost heading down that road. The oh, yeah. plan from Lucasfilm was to basically have a Star Wars a year. Yeah. You know, it was going to be like a saga film and then an anthology film and then a saga film. And then, you know, uh, I know Christian Harloff from Collider. He's getting his own. Uh, he's actually left Collider. He's starting his own stuff. Uh, he had said for a long time that he thought eventually there'd be two. Star Wars oh, yeah. movies a year, you know, kind of like Marvel is now. Oh, and that was kind yeah, of the yeah. plane was plane. That was kind of the plan was to do a Marvel-esque kind of thing until they hit Solo and Solo didn't do very well. Which I'll be, it'll be fun to, to when we finally do hit that because I, I honestly didn't hate Solo. I didn't hate it. I actually liked it. I The, the problem with Solo was is I felt like it was a Star Wars film, but I didn't feel like it was a Han Solo film. I can see that. I just feel like it was really poorly marketed. I, I think that, like, given that, um, it seems like the, the core audience who would have seen it, which is, you know, Star Wars nerds, were also the same type to follow along with all the development woes. 
Right. And probably would have been way more cautious about going into it. Yeah, I blame, and I'm going to say this a lot as we get into the neutrology, I blame Kathleen Kennedy and I blame marketing. Yeah. Like, you know, there was just, there was too much um, bad baggage. And it was also a thing where people just didn't want a young Han Solo movie that wasn't Harrison Ford. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have minded you know. a, a young Han Solo movie. My, I think my biggest gripe would be that it did the thing that a lot of prequels do, where it's like, well, we have to explain everything yes. about, like, hey, uh, you know those dice that almost nobody but weird Star, uh, Star Wars nerds noticed? Yeah, right. how did you get those? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. His name? We've got to explain his name. That's that's a thing that, that we was need. Dumb. Yeah, but we're not talking about Star Wars, or uh, Solo. We're not talking about Solo. Uh, it'll be just like when we started setting up to record today, we went on a, on three tangents that lasted almost an hour and a half. So we got to be careful today. Yeah. For reference, we were set to record at about two. I think we got on into our channel about two thirty, roughly, and it's now four forty. <laughs> <laughs> this which is why our old film podcast like sometimes would run four hours for no reason. Which I think, to be fair, that's that's actually doing pretty good for us. That we only, we are only <laughs> you know two like two ten past our start point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do have a little bit of good news. Oh, we're heading out of the prequel era. This is the last the, film the prequel of the trilogy prequel era. So, or should I say, the age of uh, Republic? Uh, at D twenty three this last summer, they unveiled a timeline, basically, and kind of broke stuff down. The prequel trilogy was called the um, Age of Republic. Um, the middle. Uh, portion was called the age of rebellion and then the third kind of era is the age of resistance i don't know it'll be fun i think i think we discussed last time uh of the prequel trilogy uh three is my least hated yeah i think i could say this is probably my favorite of the prequel trilogy yeah um I, I, at the very least there's more things that i like about it than the other two yeah, there's there's more scenes that I remember. I think out of episode one, the only scenes I really remember well are like the pod race scene, and I feel like that's only because it's like it's such a long sequence. Yeah, and um, of course the the finale with Darth Maul. I I think sure. I even like skip out on most of the Gungan shit in my memory. Yeah, and it's like almost all just like Darth Maul fighting. I'm a person, and my name's Anakin. I think out of episode two, the only things I remember really well are like the Django Fett fight yeah, uh, on Camino, and, and the Coliseum battle. Yeah. And I guess bits and pieces of the final Dooku fight, but I always feel like that goes on way longer than it actually does. You know, the thing is, is it's such a short compared to other stuff. It's it's actually kind of short. Yeah. When we hit it last time, I was I was really surprised because I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a twenty minute segment, and it wound up being not feeling that way yeah i was really surprised because i we were talking about this before but i sat down and took like really detailed notes yeah the last episode and i was looking at the time codes of my notes and realizing like i had written a note like every like 20 seconds right which meant according to my notes like scenes were going very fast like shots were going fast things were moving along fast and I'm just not sure why that movie feels like it's so long, considering things move as quickly as they do. Um, I think I think it is just 
it's it's yeah i think part of it's the pacing thing it's like it doesn't really know where it wants to be tonally at any point sure and i think that kind of contributes to it feeling like it's pretty long right you know it's it's like just when you think that you might have maybe established some sense of emotional resonance it's like and we're back over to this next area yeah i was watching some behind the scenes stuff today um of sith and i just remember watching some stuff and feeling really bad for hayden christensen yeah because you can just tell like in his eyes that he loves what he was doing and really loved that he was part of star wars <laughs> yeah like i know i know at the very least you and mcgregor was like a pretty big star wars fan oh yeah you and know. still is i think or he wouldn't be like really championing for an obi-wan film now a series yeah and so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, man, it definitely feels like the prequel trilogy just did them all dirty. Yeah, although it's gotten a little softer with time. Like yeah. um, last year's uh, celebration, or not this not this year's celebration, but the one before, which would have been the anniversary. Uh, Hayden Christensen came out on stage with Ian McDermott and like he got a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think fans have kind of come around to him a little bit yeah you know at least him you know and are kind of like taking a thing where like hey it was a crappy like it's nothing against you it was a crappy story yeah or yeah, you got, at least you got I, I can't say crappy deal. story but just one that didn't resonate with a lot of people yeah to the point where people are asking like left and right whether or not you know he's gonna show up in episode nine yeah which i think i'd heard like a bunch of stuff about how he's just not i think those those got shut down pretty quick yeah, my only problem is is when you're dealing with J.J. Abrams, he never tells you the truth. Yeah. I mean, you know, Khan's not going to be in the second Star Wars movie. Star Trek, my dude. That's what I said. It absolutely anyway. is. So, so take where I said Trek and just copy that over your track. That's too much work. Yeah. And no, it will make it seem like I'm, I'm finishing your sentence. It's, it's yeah, fine. Right. Um, yeah, so we're moving into Revenge of the Sith. Uh, which yes. was which is kind of a, a fun play because um, they really went back and forth with episode six on whether or not they were going to call it uh, Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi. Which, yeah, Return makes a lot more sense. Like, it doesn't seem like the Jedi are type to, to get revenge. Well, that's exactly why they changed it. But I think there was some posters and some marketing materials that came out that said Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, there absolutely was, because I think I've seen a couple yeah. of them, like, posted on Reddit before or something. Yeah, I just hate to, like, commit because I'm scared to death of being wrong about something. No, I'll, um, I'll, I'll be wrong for you. Yes, this okay. did happen. Um, <laughs> also, uh, George Lucas did say that within episode two, he wanted Anakin in a Slave Leia outfit, uh, but was denied, and this is the hill that I will die on. Oh, you're um, so dead now. Christensen for Bikini Outfit 2019. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but just in case for some reason you're tuning, this is your first, um, your hey, first you time. Hey, every, every episode is someone's first episode. Yeah, hello, how are you? Uh, I'm really glad that we're on Spotify and you found us on that because most of our listens are actually coming through Spotify. So, which is interesting, you because know, it's a cool. thing I, I I never use Spotify for podcasts. So it's it's interesting to see how many people um, are using it for that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know like one of my coworkers had mentioned that that's uh, how they listen to all of last podcast is that way. And they actually like haven't listened to 
Marcus's other podcast, Sex and Other Human Activities, because it's not on Spotify. Oh, uh, okay. Even though, though it is, like, so far up their alley. Right. Oh, yeah. So, normally, when our regular episodes are going, which should be about the first of the year, um, one episode will be a full-length commentary. The next episode will be, like, a shorter, like, recap, review um, type of episode. But for all of these, we're just doing the full-length commentaries for all of the films. So, uh, you can... Uh, we're going to give you a prompt here in a minute or so to start your own copy of the movie. If you want to kind of have it running like on a monitor or something and listen to us at the same time, or you can just listen to us ramble without it either way. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we have our copy synced up um, and we'll be watching at the same time talking about it and you can do the same. Yeah. Unlike last time we will be syncing up just from the very start of our files, which is the zero zero mark. Yeah, uh, and hopefully that will fix some of our driftage from the last time. Yeah, plus it might be kind of a. I was thinking about it. It might be kind of a pain in the butt to tell somebody to go 19 seconds into their well, movie and then yeah, especially you know. if they're working on like off of DVD or something or right. I guess Blu-ray is what the kids use now. Yeah, um, I don't know what all you kids are up to these days. I mean, but before long it'll just be on Disney streaming service. So you know, but then they also well, I don't know what that'll do to things. It's going to make the world so much better place. Oh, yeah. I love paying for an additional streaming service. Yeah, we won't get into that right now because it's time to get into the movie. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. All right. So I've got mine up on the screen now. Same here. All right. uh, I'll do the countdown this time. Okay. And uh, I'll go three, two, one, go. And then we'll click the button on go. Okay, so we click the button on go, not on the one. Right. Right, okay. Ah, you did it this time. <laughs> I well gotta take played. up the mantle, man. I gotta do it. I don't it. think I did it last time because we were off. We were kind of off a little bit on that. Yeah. And we ended up being like a couple of seconds off, period. Because I, I think you went three, two, one, okay, we're going. And I thought you were going to do a go yeah, or something. What I'd, I what I'd was... fucked up with last time was I usually tell people, hey, so we're going to go with a three, two, one, go, and then we'll go. Right. And yeah. last time I didn't do that, and I just went. And I think right. it might have caught you by surprise. Yeah, I think it did. So Especially because time... I said, like, okay, and I'll go three, two, one, go. Yeah. Yep, so we're going to do three, two, one, go this time. Are you ready? No, we weren't supposed to start now. Are you? You are so screwing with me. I am. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's go three two one go okay i've started okay we got three four five got the fox fanfare i can't tell you how much i miss the fox fanfare you know as a kid i always thought the lights were lightsabers seriously yeah well to be fair it was was like the only time i ever really saw the fox uh logo was in front of star wars yeah no it's true no it's true and and honestly i thought the same thing too when i (laughs) when i was your age and it just makes sense, when. like the 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 where the lights come out of are kind of shaped like a like a lightsaber is. Yeah. So I mean, it works. Um, I have to. Go ahead. I have to tell you, um, more more so these days than before, but that Lucasfilm logo, and, and then the long time ago, always makes me tear up a little bit. Does it really? Yeah, I don't know. There's such nostalgia before it. It it the lo- the Lucasfilm logo like does that to me big time. Like when I'm watching trailers, like the the Star Wars trailers come up and that Lucasfilm thing come up and I'm just like, I'm getting leaky. Yeah. Um. So how do you feel about this crawl compared to the other ones? Because this one just heads, it just hits hard. 
War. War. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord Count Dooku. It, like, just gets to it. It, it does. Um, it's weird having the... Um, as we said last time, it's basically like each sentence becomes a new line break. So it's weird yeah. having um, multiple periods there. Yeah. Count Dooku, period. There are heroes on both sides, period. Evil is everywhere, period. Right. The, I remember thinking, like, we're just getting into this. Yeah. You know, it, it's a little it bit like um, the beginning of A New Hope, where it's like they just won their first battle. But this time it's like, hey, they attempted to flee the capital. There's like a siege on the capital and they have the chancellor. And it's like, the fuck? Why aren't we watching that? Yeah, it is. It like, is a weird hell? decision to time jump this far, right? You time jump yeah. like, between Anakin being a kid to him being a Padawan. And then from right. him being a Padawan into the middle of a war. And it's like, oh, man, I would have rather we spent more time in the war. I know you want to talk about this because this is probably my one of my favorite openings of Star it's, Wars. Of it's all such time. a good opening. It feels like it really is like, OK, we take the, the blockade runner and we just expand it. Like, yeah. let's let's take that idea and okay we've got the tech now to make it um oh for sure more dynamic and uh more exciting and to I, follow so let's do that i thing. love how this is quiet and they they pass over and it's like no we're in the fucking battle right here yeah how is it like, it's it looks like, like it's completely like just empty space behind that, yep. that capital ship and then you just pan down and like oh no there's pandemonium yeah <laughs> it's it's going crazy and it's basically like, I know that there's cuts, I know that, you know, or whatnot, but this really does look like a one shot. Yeah. Through the it's like, it's thing. just so it's beautifully like, done. I love how already right off the bat, I'm having a good time, right? Yeah. Whereas with the other ones, it's like, okay, and we're starting on the approach to the yeah, this just, runner. Yeah, this goes, I love this weapon right here. Yeah. It like shoots from the bay of one of the. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't oh, remember what it's called, but. And it goes right. It's like, okay, here's our, what is perceived as our first. Uh, you know our first cut yeah and i also love how like they're not quite out of the atmosphere yeah it's like in the upper atmosphere or whatever yeah because there's still like smoke and stuff and you know they're just barely out of it it was weird to see these uh vulture droids get like a sense of personality as well before we only saw them i think walking briefly but they didn't have like a voice yeah exactly we got proto x-wings pretty much yeah with those with the arcs yeah. And and the thing is is there is like so much going on too. Yeah, it's it's you there's know, a lot going on but it's easy to like keep track of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to keep track of but then you can go back and look at all this all the shit that's going on in the background. Yeah. I almost feel like this is what they wanted the um Anakin scenes out of episode 1 to feel like. Um and just couldn't yeah. quite pull it off at the time. That's kind of gruesome when you think about it. Oh yeah. They just show the pilots like <laughs> just like in flying space. out through space. Yeah. Except it's not even space. It's upper atmosphere. So like just think about his orbit decaying. Yeah. And if he's like conscious during that, that's got to be a thing. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, But yeah, you know, Lucas kind of wanted to have the biggest battle. Yeah. You know, which is definitely going to be outdone in um, the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, it looks like there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of ships on each side. It looks like. Yeah, um, I'm. I do. I'm not as big of a fan of the missile chase. This seems right. To it's, it is a bit. It time, is a bit goofy. Where the movies or the missiles like a really quick right up till they're about three feet away and then they can't catch up. Yeah, I do like this bit though, where he like hits the turbos and spins around and yeah, bashes a couple of them together. Like it's a yes. cool scene. Yeah, the dialogue is cheesy, but like 
Saturday morning cereal cheesy. Yeah, it it doesn't. You know it's not I mean? to the detriment of the scene. Yeah. Have you ever seen the um? Oh, there's one where they like uh, it's the shit like the Chinese subtitle like retranslated back to English. No. Oh man, it's beautiful. I have to see if I can dig it up and and shoot it yeah, your way. That's kind of a new thing I'm noticing. Yeah. These uh, um, buzz how do you feel about these buzz of... droids? Yeah, and here's where we get to say goodbye to R four. Yeah, very short lived. It's so later, it's so girl. weird to think of like taking its head off. Yeah, that's kind of gruesome too, isn't it? Yeah. And then it does the little whining sound as it goes by. Like I could do without that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, it's like I mean I already I already attach way too much emotion to these droids, but yeah. And, and the thing is, is like. I kind of like these exchanges between them. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, get where he's so, like, "Stop!" and he's like, "Yeah, bad idea." <laughs> yeah, you you get some of that um, that impulsiveness still out of uh, episode two during the the chase. It actually feels like you know it's still that same character, but now but just having older. dealt with war. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and the thing is that I really want to pay attention to during this is one of the most like famous like lines of all time is you know old ben tells luke like he was a good friend yeah you know and it's like you don't see that a whole lot no you know like them being like super close even though it's you know it's intimated but you don't really see it and i want to kind of see how that's portrayed here and that's these exchanges are kind of like that yeah you know, like they're they're comrades, they're brothers in in war, kind of, and, and it starts to feel more like they are closer to being equals. You know, as opposed yeah. to in uh, in episode two, where it's still very much the master apprentice thing. Now it's a lot more like, no, we're we're about yeah. on equal footing, right? In everything but now, title. I know it's out there somewhere. I want to look it out, but those are really interesting. The headpieces they have. Oh yeah, yeah, like like an in design or just like yeah, like it okay. goes across their foreheads. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is what I would have loved to see. And this this gets explored in some of the the um, Extinct Universe books, but how um, Jedi's affect the battlefield, especially in these space battles. Yeah, because I remember it from um, that Thrawn trilogy where they talked about like the Jedi battle meditation being used to like link people uh, in combat. Well, and that's a big thing in um, Knights of the Old Republic, right? Um. Yes. The main uh, girl that you're yeah, going if I remember after, Bastila, like her, why she's like such a big deal is because of her uh, her abilities in battle meditation. Right. I love how they and there, the last yeah, two, and there um, is like good. There's some. Well, no, I was just gonna say there there are some like new kind of force theories that have come out as of late that you can kind of you know make a retcon, but you know there's a lot of like look at the force lately. Thanks to Freddie Prince Jr.'s a rant a little while ago Mm -hmm. about how the force actually affects things in general. Right. You know, how the presence of Jedi's or the president's presence of the Sith. Jesus. It's okay. Take a deep breath. The the presence of the Sith actually affects the areas around them. Right. And I know that's been explored in, um, extreme universe stuff before as well. Right. Um, which is kind of interesting, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I was just one of those things where the force itself, as a as a um, as a force or something, has mm-hmm. always seemed uh, like an interesting concept that's not explored nearly enough. Right. And they kind of ruin all of this by suddenly having Grievous show up. <laughs> I mean, Grievous would be fine without the goofy cough thing. Yeah. It's it's weird to I have think... like this this villain that they like they bring up and like could look 
extremely intimidating, but then they're like, well, oh, he's going to be all hunched and slow moving and coughing and wheezing. Yeah. And then you get like the battle droids. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now we're back to goofy. Yeah. Um, I think Grievous's cough was George Lucas, too, I think. Oh, was it? I think so. I'm not. Uh... See, I kind of like these exchanges. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it like establishes Anakin as actually having a personality over the last one where it's kind of just like possibly going. She's... Actually, I really like this scene with uh, with R2 and stuffing the comm link. And so I'm like, that is good. <laughs> like well-played comedic relief. Yeah. Whoop. And kind of plays a little bit off of like episode four with um I love that yeah bit. always on the move but uh shit I don't even remember where I was a second ago so that's fine yeah sorry <laughs> that's my fault no it's all good uh you were talking about maybe the comedic relief from episode four from oh R2? well it's just it's uh, how it, <laughs> it kind of reflects back into um, episode four with three PO and, and R two, yeah, uh, getting calls for for the ventilator or the yeah, garbage right. draft. Hands up, Jedi. <laughs> See, I don't know why. Like, I'm so critical of the first two movies, but this seems a little more Star Wars to me. It, it feels more Star Wars. It's just it feels like I'm having like a good this. time watching it. The other ones just yeah. kind of like I don't know if. Maybe maybe I've just got a personal like grudge against them or something. Maybe, you know, the thing is, is you constantly hear about, you know, George Lucas wanted to make these Saturday morning serials. Mm-hmm. You know, this feels more like that Captain yeah. Cody kind of Flash Gordon ish type of thing compared, with the exception of R 2s jets. Yeah, that doesn't quite stand up on a um visual <laughs> level. I think just having it so um so up close like that yeah just really doesn't look great but that's fine yeah i See, love this set yeah this set looks great it reminds me so much of the throne room of palpatine's throne room on the second death star oh absolutely having those like long walkways and everything mm-hmm. i wonder what the actual purpose of this room is i don't know like it's an observation deck yeah yeah i mean i guess but... so and this jump is just something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so fun not having something to nitpick for a couple minutes. It, it would. I almost would have liked it. <laughs> Actually, well, I don't know if I would have. I'll run it by you. Would you have liked Whoop. it better if instead it it had him like doing a slow walk down the uh, down the, the yes. stairs and like giving yes. a, a monologue or something? Yes. Yes, I absolutely would have. Because it also gives you the opportunity to like. You can bring up how, like, oh, yeah, they've they've uh, had conflict multiple times throughout this war or something. And, and I do like the line where, like, this time we take him together and he's like, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And it's like that little bit of maturation on. And this fight is what I wish the end of episode two was. Right. There's nothing really silly about this except for him, like, what's coming up with Obi-Wan. But, you know, this is a good fight. Yeah. He was going to take his head off right there. Right? <laughs> that and the the like I, actual lightsaber is, fight like this, feels so much better. Too. 
What's that? I said the actual like fight itself feels um so much just more dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and then this like he's dead, right? I mean, yeah. After after getting pinned like that, yeah, uh, don't I mean, worry, you don't crush his legs. I mean, his pelvis probably. That dude's yeah. in a hovering chair for a long time. I like this. This feels real. There is some like anger and yeah stuff behind it you know yeah it's just like which i think the the last battle between them lacked yeah i think i think part of that was just like i think that he wanted to portray him as being cocky in the last battle and it just yeah. doesn't show yeah i mean i just love the moves this thing yeah, right here is crazy the, the actual like fighting itself feels like it's got some real like weight behind the strikes oh i yeah. love that move there yeah Good. Do it. The, uh... And what a perfect play by Palpatine, right? Oh, yeah. This is the perfect setup. If Anakin kills him, then I have a brand new powerful an well, apprentice. It's, it's the if whole Dooku point of the... beats him, then I have a powerful apprentice. It's you the know? whole point of the rule of two in the first place, right? Is it's right. like, okay, if, if I die, then clearly I wasn't worthy of being a Sith Master. Right. If that's, you die, then you weren't worthy gruesome. of being my apprentice. It's also yeah, a exactly. really... Um, fun duality of having the uh the blue and red colors as he's being like presented with this conflicting choice between the two sides yeah, yeah i never thought about that but you're right and here's a a tiny bit of like unnecessary exposition remember what you told me about the sand troopers and we don't need to you know yeah kind of i think it, i think it could have been played differently i get the point of it wherein it's like he um feels the need to confess to palpatine is trying to play on that idea of him being his friend that we got a little bit out of the last time, well, that they tried to convince us of last time, but didn't really do great. Well, and I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact he's bringing, you know, he's already conflicted and he's bringing that up before. Yeah. Or bringing it up again to just kind of screw with his. Yeah. He's, he's got a, he's you know, that's, got a weak point to just kind of press on. Yeah. And that's the thing with like the comics and the books and stuff too, is they really like play on the fact that Palpatine just, just screws with Vader, just screws with his emotions. Yeah. I like these big cannons. Yeah, I like this bit where it's, you know, it's it's war. You know yeah. what I mean? And everything's very tangible. You know, the, the laser bolts have canisters of gas that get pumped in or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I dig it. I like this, like, up-close, like... Yeah, this up-close, uh, like, broadside battle. the Caribbean, like, broadside fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really just... It's such a well-done sequence... I really wish that this could have been reflected better in the other two yeah. Uh, films. Yeah, like, this is what you want, right? Yeah. Like, and you, you can get Wars. these moments of kind of, like, goofiness, like, the as the ship's tilting and, and everything's falling and everything. It's like, that is kind of goofy, but yeah. it still adds a sense of, like, tension to it. Well, I love the fact, like, like here, they're, like, running down the spire. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> you know, because of the orientation. Yeah. R2 should be dead right now, too. I could do without, and is it me or do the Nemoidians not quite sound as annoying? No, no, they're definitely. Um, it could just be that one. Maybe, maybe the uh, the other one is the one that's really bad. Yeah, I love Who's this bit where it's like fire from, the but... retro rockets to stop this thing from falling, dude. Yeah. The battle droids get me a little bit. Yeah. You know, with like you're welcome. Yeah. 
you know that kind of like excuse you it's, it is one of those things i think we brought up before where it's like okay wait why, why did we give them any sort of personality yeah. or voice they didn't need a voice they could be communicating wirelessly <laughs> palpatine has some palpatine has some goofy ass faces in this yeah i would love to uh i would love it if like underneath that robe like palpatine's just actually swole as shit <laughs> <laughs> just hides it well he's, he's, he's like rocking a kylo ren bod <laughs> yeah this is also weird, too, because Palpatine up to this point has been about five feet below them. Yeah. And on the plus side, apparently his old man body is not that that uh, fragile. Yeah. He's got the dark side with him. Just It was all liquid. I guess being a, a ex-Jedi or whatever just does that to you. Yeah. I'm remembering that right. Like, he was a Jedi and shit, yeah. Uh, Pal- I don't. Palpatine wasn't. Was he not? Okay, I'm. No, and that's why it's like such a shock that he pulls a lightsaber out later. Right. I could have sworn that that I was like... why he was so uh, chummy with all the uh, the Jedi in the first place. Yeah, I like this bit. Their conversation here. You yeah, know, it's a little. You know, it is goofy, it's but it's also that, is it's a thing goofy of like... guy dialogue. But it's like it is a really just fun way to explain. Like, okay, I know that I've got get my characters. In a situation where they're trapped by Grievous. So let's just bring this on them and make them even point it out like, hey, aren't we smarter than this? Right. I like that. And also, you shouldn't ever kick R2. Yeah. He's he's I love the design of these ships, though. Yeah. And green's my favorite color, so. I like that kind of weird, like, almost brick-like design against that, that green that was just back there. Yeah. How do you feel about these, uh, the Magna droids? Like, overall, I, I actually like the overall design of them. Yeah, I think they're cool. Yeah. I think they're played a little too goofy. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, like those the one that gets his head cut off and he's still, like... Yeah. And, you know, this is a retcon, too, because in the Clone Wars TV show, they actually come upon him several times. Yeah. Yeah, it is a thing where I would have loved to see Grievous as more of a formidable force in uh Watch this. <laughs> in this. Yeah. Watch yeah. this look on Palpatine's face. Look. <laughs> Give it a sec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just has the weirdest look. He's he gets some very uh fun animate or facial uh expressions. Yeah. It gets even worse when he's fighting uh Windu later. He just yelled out. See, it is kind of, it's, uh, it might be goofy, but I almost like seeing those battle droids kind of like trying to avoid the, uh, the lightsaber fight and stuff. Yeah. Like kind of cowering and yeah, cringing like that, away. Where they're like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, who gave these droids a sense of, uh, self-preservation? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, overall, I really do like this first sequence. Yeah, it opens really it's, strong. It's really, I didn't realize it before, but by the time you get the landing, it really is almost a 30-minute sequence. Yeah. I think the difference is, and I'll talk about this more in part four, it, it always seems like the first parts of these movies are always incredibly slow. Yeah. Typically, like, you know, it's on Tatooine or something, it's real slow. This is just like, 
we're full on in the in a battle. Yeah, and actually, you know, to be fair, this is I think probably one of those strongest points where it's like, okay, it starts out this really like strong opening, then gives us a moment of a breather, and then we like wind up in another like here's another action sequence, another breather. It it like nails that pacing yeah. way better. Well, and it kind of does. Um, it does achieve what Lucas was after. He's like, I want to start out with this really huge battle, and then I want the movie to come become very small. Yeah. And it kind of does become that where it, it's a very large epic battle. And then it just becomes like between Obi-Wan and Anakin, really, you know? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, it is interesting to see how we've, we've shifted perspectives and scale several times where we opened up on this really like smaller yeah. uh, setting. And then we zoom out and, okay, now there's this larger war. And then back into view, just like, now we're focusing on these two. Now back out to this larger battle. Yep. Now them on yeah. the ship. Oh, what's going on outside the ship? There's this big, uh, big fight going on. See, even this sequence, though, the dialogue, it's like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, it's so it's, weird. Well, because here's things I could, I could like, I could picture Han Solo dropping that "we lost something" line. Yep, right? absolutely. It feels right, just tonally. It it. Maybe it just feels more like Star Wars. When I say Star Wars, I'm talking, you know, the original trilogy, per se. I mean, really, though, how how do you define feeling like Star Wars? I mean, it's kind of like it is just kind of an ephemeral thing. That's like, oh, no, I just I know what Star Wars feels like. Yeah, right. Well, I think it's based on the original trilogy, really. The tone, you know, tone pacing and feeling of those yeah. movies is kind of what you keep wanting to go after. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't want to, like, jump far ahead, but that's something that I felt like Episode 7 did. Yeah. A little better than, like, the prequel trilogy has kind of captured that, you know, that humor and, like, the action and, and, you know. Yeah. I think that would be a really fun one to talk about. I Also, I really love this sequence, like, having this ship, like, coming down over this, the Coruscant skyline and, like, crashing into this tarmac and everything. Yep. How many people are dead right now? Oh, yeah. Far too many. Like, just that alone. <laughs> like, think about how many. Yeah. Unless unless it is entirely manned by droids, which. Could be. To some extent, like, why wouldn't you? I'd like to zoom in. Yeah. That's cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, especially in this one, I. I buy him as a young Obi Wan. Yes, yeah, it feels like he's really like just, found he's his footing. Middle aged thing where he kind of has some wisdom or something, but it, to me, it just he just does it. Yeah. Well, and he feels like about what you would want most of the like younger Jedi masters to feel like. Right. Oh, I like that little uh, that little that. crane droid thing. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I had never noticed that before, but, like, that is such a cool design. Yeah. See, in this exchange between them is perfect. Yeah. You know, when you take a look at, like, the elevator scene in, like, episode two, where it's like, you know, I pulled you out of that nest, you know. Yeah, that nest of gundarks. Here, it's like they're, they are, like, old friends. Yeah. You know, and I think you're right. I think they took that in, like, they're more equals now and not you know i'm a punk ass like kid like i've seen five years of of war or whatever yeah and again it's just one of those things that like i wish was explored more in film rather than just in the clone wars show like yeah i mean the clone wars are amazing but and there's um 
I think both of Lucas's daughters behind him. Oh yeah. Yeah, the blue uh the blue one is one daughter and I think the one next to her. The red? Yeah, I think that's uh the other one. Okay. I know the blue one is is one and but I I'm pretty sure I saw the other one in the um the bar scene of last Don't quote me on that, but I'm I'm almost sure. Yeah, I like those And they um, actually have guards. like a story, you know, a backstory and stuff as well. Yeah. And finally, like, 3PO is gold and shiny. Yeah. You know, with uh, full gro- or full gold instead of uh, mismatched. Right. Good old Bail Organa. Yeah. I do like his outfit. Yes. I do think it's weird that they're not really in the shadow. Like, there's all kinds of people walking by. Yeah. It is definitely a thing where I you love- almost wish that it was, like, off a side, like, uh... Oh, like some side room or something. Yeah, like, like an you, alley or something. Yeah, if you instead like a had corner. her watching from a doorway and then, you know, he catches sight of her and then like excuse yeah. himself. Right. Now she's, her part in this is actually not, there's not a lot of her. No. And from my, what I read in uh, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris Taylor, she was getting progressively harder to work with. Right. And I don't know that it was her as much as she just had problems with things going on. Yeah, well, that and, like, I think as well, because from my understanding, this is also what, like, killed her working on franchises, right? And I'm sure a big part of that was, like, all of episode two. Yeah. Yeah, but they kind of relegated her to kind of, like, barefoot and pregnant, is what Chris Taylor says, you know, because of that. But this scene... I don't know. I really like this scene as far as acting goes. Yeah, it, here's the thing is that you actually, like, have him, like, giving Hayden a He does range. okay, but this look... Yeah. Where he goes silent and she's actually like, oh, oh shit. Like, yeah. what is he going to say? You know what I mean? Like, it's... That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, like, already, like, just acting, dialogue, all of this, we are just leagues ahead of where we were in the last yeah. one. Yeah, and, and I know he had somebody. I remember at the time hearing that he had brought somebody in to handle the more emotional dialogue and stuff because he just couldn't do it. Yeah, um, and that might be, you know, they, I don't remember who that was, but I remember reading it like back in the time when this came out that he was bringing somebody in. Yeah, uh, and this is Utapau. Yep, it was one of my favorite maps to uh, to play on in uh, Battlefront Two. Oh, nice. Um, Utapau, the name of the planet, has actually been around since the first draft of the very first Star Wars movie. Right, I remember reading that somewhere. Um, I don't think... Oh, God, I can't remember now. I I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think... I don't remember if Alderaan was, ne- was initially called that or if it was Utapau. But the name Utapau like, shows up in like early drafts of almost every movie. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fun. Like, I'm, I'm sure all of us have those things. Anybody who's, like, a writer has those things where you're, like, I've got a name that's stuck with me for a while and I keep wanting to stick it somewhere and just can't. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. I wonder if we could ever manage to get, like, a short interview or something with uh, Andrew Blanchard. 
because I know he's a know. he's a huge like uh, episode three person, and actually I think he's like the person that made me re-examine episode three. Really? Yeah, because uh, I mean, he has in the past like fully recited uh, the ending That's sequence between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. Um, yeah. I'll see if I can dig that up for you somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But you know, uh, he's maybe a, if we pay him a bunch of money, maybe I don't know. I mean. At this point, he's kind of just stuck just streaming, so it's a possibility. I love how Coruscant looks. Like, it just keeps getting better each film. Yeah. Like, that's to me, that's gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. I'm not just talking about Natalie Portman, either. I'm talking about the city. Natalie Portman, I don't really want to talk about her attractiveness. That really makes me feel dirty. Yeah, a bit skis. Yeah, a little bit. This exchange between them is not horrible, though. No, like, I feel like for sure you can see those improvements in the dialogue. Yeah, there's a little bit more, I don't know if I would say chemistry, but you buy them together a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that line there is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like they're kind of dicking with each other yeah she's kind of dicking with him which is kind of nice yeah they've they've got like an actual like back and forth of sorts right even if it's not the it's best not... back and forth like that's an interesting transition there it, i love it i think what it is is he's not being creepy yeah like he's being more genuine in his feelings and like again a little bit more mature yeah so here's this thing we were talking about i i love his arm actually. yeah for some reason i never really noticed that I don't know if it's because I'm watching on a computer monitor and the um, resolution is so much different, but I often find seeing details that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Well, it's um, just like there's the amount of real estate that you have for these details is so much different when you're looking at it on a yeah. on a TV versus on a computer monitor. Um, but this is what we had talked about with episode two, the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, with Master Sifo-Dyas, where he foresaw a great war and he went and, you know, started the program to get the clones and the clones are used to fight this great war. And actually, the clones are kind of the cause for the great war. Yeah. Um, I have to and, wonder and kind then, of the fall of the Republic. Given precognition and stuff among these Jedi, I wonder if there is like if all the future is predetermined then within uh, Star Wars. That is a good question, right? And if there is, and there, there clearly can't be any free will within Star Wars. Right. Like, it effectively answers that, that question. Well, where, like, no matter what choice you believe you're making, you're just following this, this timeline that is already established by the Force. Yeah. Anybody who says that they can't see it just aren't attuned well enough. Well, but they, and they constantly talk about the will of the Force, right? Yeah. Like, everything follows the will of the Force. So, is, you know. Maybe if you think about a world, just could say the. the uh, the microorganisms within the force you know you ever think about that we're the metaphorians <laughs> no <laughs> no but it is this thing where like if the force you know has some sort of sense about it like to have they already pre-ordained everything that's going to happen well because it seems like um i don't know by the by the force allowing him to see these images it's basically fulfilling itself yeah well, yeah, he sees these images not knowing that he's the one who causes it. Yeah. So in trying to avoid it, you know, it's that it's just like it's that classic time travel 
yeah twilight zone kind of thing where it's like i'm gonna work spend my next you know year and a half avoiding this fate and then the things i'm doing to avoid it actually causes it to happen yeah which is i guess a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah that's exactly so it. i just rambled uh no you're fine that's cool that's a good wipe yeah and going into this the the jedi temple and everything do you know who didn't say it's a good wipe elvis <laughs> that was horrible why did i ever why did i do that now here's the talk mm-hmm. remember last episode we kept saying like has nobody had this talk they're having this talk now where he says loved ones die they're part of the force they go back into the force yeah like that's that's the nature of things you know and it's like somebody should have talked to him about this beforehand like when his mom fucking died yeah i probably should have brought this up during training itself like it kind of prevents him from gaining these sorts of attachments where it's like yeah to some extent he's like right they might join the force and all but uh i want them here not in the force so if we could just not do this and i like yoda's stance on this like he's not telling him don't have attachments yeah he's just saying you have to accept when those attachments go because it's you know it's nature it's part of nature yeah and and i like how he does like what he does with luke where he's like visions of the future are dangerous because they're not set in stone you know i i love that bit you know from empire you know always in motion in the future is see but again it brings up this question of like but are they really right because it's like yeah it's it's if he didn't have these visions in the first place, he wouldn't be doing this. But because he's being allowed to see these visions, he's going to act in such a way that does wind up causing them. Right. Like there's, there's probably the only way that, that he could act on those visions that wouldn't cause any of this is to not act. But then there's also the possibility that not acting is what causes those visions. Sure. See, and even here, like, the, the politics and everything, it doesn't feel as um, as heavy as it does in episode one. Yeah. Right? I think part of that is just, like, no kid wants to go in to see Star Wars and learn about a trade negotiation or a trade dispute. Right. You know, that's a little rough to get into. But I do like the politics surrounding a lot of this because this is the fall of the Republic. Yeah. You know, the heavy-handed, de- you know, democracy or the way that democracy can be manipulated is, you know, what's happening here. Yeah. I'm going to propose this to you. I was it, thinking about this earlier in the week. Uh, yeah. Jar Jar Binks is George Bush. And Palpatine is Dick Cheney. That. I can accept that. I'm working out the rest as I go. Like, maybe maybe Padme's supposed to be Al Gore. I'm not certain yet. <laughs> I mean, I had this whole thing where, because it's like, from my understanding, a lot of uh, episode two and three are just written as a reaction to the Bush presidency. I believe so, yeah. And and largely to, like, the, the war, so. Yeah, because I think um, episode one was uh, before uh, Bush took office. Yeah, because it was 99. The, the other two are very much, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I did read that, actually. Especially by the time this one came out, we're in what, like, 06, I think? Um, 03, maybe? Is it 06? 
I think it's 06, because I think my sister was born in 06. Because I was... I'm pretty sure we lived at the apartments that we did before... 2005. Okay. Here's a glimpse into old old Anakin. Yeah. Where they're not going to make him a master, and he wants that. Yeah, it seems like the the being a master thing is his real like sore spot. You know, because yeah, I think that's where, part you know, of why sometimes... he uh, he went on his his it's not fair rant in the last one. Yeah, and, and you know, it's kind of like you know, I got really excited when I became uh, opera uh, assistant operations manager for a theater, like a local theater chain. Mm-hmm because I wanted that title of I'm an operations manager for a theater change, not necessarily that I wanted the responsibility. Well, okay. So it, and I it feel falls, like it's kind of why he wants to be called a master. It falls under the same thing with, with like my job, right? Nobody wants to be like, I'm a janitor, but you could be called a building foreman. Now that's yep. fun. No, granted you're doing worse than I currently am. Like you actually have to deal with the vomit on the day to day, but uh, you at least don't see the light leave people's eyes. So that's dope. Yeah, I did like that outburst a little bit more because it really did speak to Anakin. Anakin wants the glory. Yeah, he wants the recognition. You know, I'm better than all of you, and I need to be recognized for it. Yeah, and in front of like a bunch of other Jedi, he's like, "You're not a master," and that just kind of compounded that. I'm I'm curious if a little bit more people have either a told him of the prophecy, or if it's a thing that's only really like talked about between a couple like Jedi masters. You know. Um, well, that's a good question. Like, how well-known these prophecies are? How many prophecies do you think there are within the universe? Like, is there just the one and this is the prophecy? Or could this be, like, in Harry Potter or some shit where it's like, oh, no, this is just prophecy number 41198. Yeah, there has to be more. And then, you know, have they also talked to him about how, like, hey, dog, your midichlorians are off the fucking charts. Yeah. So that, uh, I guess, Yeah, I don't know something. how much he knows of that. It's a good question. Or I wonder if I wonder if the science of Metaclorians got disproven throughout the course of these movies. It did. Where, like, it was called George not when to piss everybody off. By episode <laughs> like in episode one, there's still like oh yeah, humors exist and by episode two they're like, We got this thing called germ theory. <laughs> I do like this bit where the, the tension starts developing to the two of them. Yeah. You know, I want you to spy on the chan- the Chancellor because inherently he's a bad person he shouldn't be in the position he is and he's like he is there's more and more weight behind like dooku saying you know a dark lord is is at the head because he they can start to see that he's manipulating the entire situation to stay in power yeah yeah they can start to see the movements to like you know secure a permanent power situation situation right Oh, these gunships going through these these transit lines is such a fascinating idea. It'd be like seeing tanks like go down the freeway. Well, it's like when you're driving down the freeway or something, and you see like the fifteen or eighteen um, like army trucks lined up in a row. Yeah, like we probably have seen that more because we've got several army bases nearby. But I imagine that's got to be what it's like. Yeah. I like how Mace Windu is like, I don't like the idea of putting him with Palpatine. Yeah. 
Yeah, how he basically, like, already sees, like, hey, this could be a yeah. problem. Right. It, but it also brings up, like, one of the major issues I have with Star Wars in general. What is the balance of the Force? Well, yeah. Because they keep saying he's supposed to bring balance to the Force by destroying the Sith. But there's 10,000 Jedi and two Sith. Well, I think I think it might be working under that assumption, though, that there's always going to be things like Dark Jedi and whatnot. And the Sith are, like, a 20-pound weight as opposed to a 5-pound weight of a, of a Dark Jedi. Yeah. Because it does seem like the, the Sith have got so much more influence on these things. Right. And it w- I will talk about that theory a little later, because you're definitely touching into something that's like kind of come up lately. Has it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no idea. But then again, you follow a lot more in like the theory crafting and like uh, updates and discussion than I do on these things. Yeah, it's a big portion of my week. It's interesting because, you know, I, I do like how he's built, how there's pressure building between him and everybody around him. Yes. You know, with her, she's like, you know, you have access to him. Please help us, you know, which creates tension. You have the Jedis who are like, you need to spy on him because we don't trust him. And so, you know, I, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, I feel really bad because well, I don't know if I feel really bad, but there's a great scene with her later on with the kind of the formation of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, where it's her Mon Mothma, um, Bail Organa and like three or four other people are basically sitting around going, we need to secretly start doing something about this. Yeah. Um, and here comes my favorite scene in all of star Wars, the opera house stuff. Yep, this is my favorite scene. There's Lucas's daughter right there, too. Just can't get enough of throwing them around, huh? Yeah. I just, I've never noticed it before until I read about it, and now I'm just... Uh, but yeah, the um, the tale of uh, Darth Plagueis the Wise is probably my favorite scene out of the out of the entire saga. It It does add, like, this whole extra, like, hey here's a peek into the lore uh, before this in like an, an actual like way as opposed to with like Sifo-Dyas where it's just like this dude existed and like was a cause for all these things but we're not going to actually discuss him at all yeah well I think it's 96% Ian McDermott too right yeah like yeah, like he's got this wonderful <laughs> cadence and everything while he's telling this yeah and I don't there's another movie we did for the film guild where we talk about somebody doing a monologue and just being lost in the monologue and forgetting that anything else existed oh shit i couldn't remember and which one that was i don't either but that's you know when he starts telling the story and just he just ignores everything you know and it's just him talking and you know i don't even know if he even thinks about the fact that anakin's standing there he's just completely lost in the moment yeah um i did not realize that he kills Plagueis like during the Battle of Naboo or around that time. Oh, I didn't know it was around that time. Yeah, it was around that time. I don't remember exactly when it was, but because Plagueis actually helps him orchestrate the uh, the invasion of Naboo and the plan to uh, you know bring down the Republic, basically. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't realize that, that, you know, actually when you watch episode one for at least a good portion of that, Plagueis is still alive. And of course, that also makes him orchestrating Maul like that much more interesting. Yeah, that's how it works, though, right? Uh, yeah, it tends to be that like the apprentice you know, winds up. I'm gonna find up, an um, apprentice and finding like a secret apprentice somewhere. Right. It seems like it's almost an and accepted then... thing for the masters. Just like you're gonna take on a secret apprentice at some point. Yeah. Well, and it's the way of the Sith, right? Mm-hmm. Like even he says, like in Jedi, I think he says like. You and your father are going to destroy me. I've seen it. Yeah. Like, that's just the way that the Sith operate. Yeah. See, you know, and I love this. Um, you know, I love this speech about the the point of view. Yeah. You know, will the Jedi do this? Yeah. Will the Jedi do, you know, a force for good? Well, what's good? Yeah. You know, you know the the Sith they only want for themselves, and he says, "Don't they?" Yeah, like it's all about power and the fear of losing power. And I love that well, idea. It, that... it changes it from being a a moral objective, a uh, I guess moral objectivist um, universe into like, well, no, the relative doesn't exist. Like it it has to. Well, and it also, like, it's amazing because you run into that wall later with Obi-Wan mm-hmm. where he says, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And it's like, but do they? Yeah. Because it really seems like they're more about blurring the lines of, you know, what's good and what's not. Yeah. And, of course, this brings forth the theory of Anakin. Right. Yeah, if you want yeah, to go on about Anakin that. Anakin was created by uh, either Palpatine or Plagueis, one of the two. Right. I, which do you think would be more interesting? I think it would be more interesting if Palpatine did it. Okay. Simply for the fact that we know nothing about Plagueis except what he says here. Right. If Plagueis was more than just a story and a you know, in an opera house, I would say Plagueis. Because it's, um, it's almost more interesting. I like the idea of Plagueis and the stuff that's, that's been written about him that's now, I believe, Legends. Right. Um, I like the idea of Plagueis doing it. You know, there's also a theory going around, just like with Ray. See, I love this look. Um, the idea that the Force did it because the Sith had risen up. Right. You know, that's the theory about the twins, you know, that uh, Padme becomes pregnant with the twins because the force needs an opposite force rising up. There's two Sith. They bring in the twins that, you know. But that uh, that performance is just I just I feel like that is the best performance in Star Wars, period. It's it's definitely like a highlight. Yeah. Um, I see, personally, so actually real quick but mm, no I'll, I'll say what i was going to say and then i'll, I'll ask you this uh so personally it's, it's almost more interesting if it is um plagueis just because it's like it turns anakin into a, a almost uh force of revenge like okay well this was plagueis's revenge oh. uh upon palpatine oh and in a way showing like oh no motherfucker i ain't actually dead a, a force of me Art. exists through the force to strike back at you. 
Are you going to watch Rebels eventually? Um, yes, eventually. So I won't spoil that, but there actually is a character mm-hmm. who uh, asks about Luke. Okay. And says he will avenge us. Okay. You know, somebody who was wronged by Palpatine is basically like, he's going to, you know, he's going to set things straight for all the bullshit that Palpatine did. Right. Interesting. Which, you know, tags right into what you're saying. You're on fire tonight. Apparently. Look at you. Um, so how do you feel about uh, this sequence here on Kashyyyk? Like, first of all, setting it and then also, like, throwing in Chewbacca. So I didn't need Chewbacca. Yes. I'm not opposed to the Wookiees because Kashyyyk plays such a big deal with the Empire. Yeah, I know that I think about it, actually, like, seeing Kashyyyk is definitely a thing that I, I don't think I would give up. Like, it, it creates this, such an interesting yeah. scene itself, like, having these uh, transport tanks and everything coming up on the beaches. Yeah. is like, it's such a, a good um, sequence of images. I love that spider tank coming out of the water. Yeah, that's one of my favorite visuals. And then, like, this trench warfare sequence. I could do without the Tarzan. Yeah. Um, having Chewbacca makes the world smaller. Yeah. And I don't like that. Um, but Kashyyyk really is a central part of, like, the Clone Wars and the and the Civil War, you know, the Empire. Right. So, you know, I, I don't mind it being in there, but... Yeah, I guess it does make it into, like, similar to how, like, this is the first time we see the Jedi, like, fighting as a force... As opposed yeah. to in the in the uh, original trilogy, I guess it also is like, oh, and here's the Wookiees as a force, right? I like this moment between them. Yeah, there's that moment of humility where he's like, I, I haven't told you how much I appreciate you and how you know. Well, it definitely goes into that thing where it's like they're both like friends and like yeah. in a way siblings, but also like a father and son thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that where he's like, just calm down. Like, there's no way you're not going to be a master. Yeah. You just have to be patient. Like, you know, and unfortunately, this is the last time that you see them as friends. Yeah. It's interesting that they launch these ships from planet side. Yeah. As opposed to doing a, like, Star Trek thing and, like, building them out on a space dock and then launching transports to board those. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's cool, though. Yeah. it is. It is cool just to see it, like, taking off. Yeah. Um, it, it is too bad that like scenes like that we only really get in this one because it means that they have to pull all the emotional weight that you want to achieve from the end of this all within the same movie. Yeah. As opposed to if we could have like built it yeah. over a course of a couple movies, it would have been, I don't know, more interesting. Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse with a stick, but I probably will several times uh, on this instance that it would be so much better with the turn to Vader in episode two. Right. And then dealing with the fallout and you repercussions know, in episode three. Yeah. And having this be about the purge mm-hmm. and, you know, Obi-Wan hunting him down because, you know, they discover that he's the one, you know, he betrayed them all. Yeah. And, you know, there would have been, I feel like such a more emotional weight if they would have met, you know, and him basically being like, they could have even kept the dialogue, you know, where he's like, you know, you were supposed to save everybody. And, yeah. You know, I just feel like there's such a more um, weight of betrayal. Yeah. 
you know, if they would have had this be a longer <clears throat> kind of thing, there would have been a, a bigger buildup to, you know, because you get the turn of Anakin and then the final fight, like within like what, 20 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's exceptionally quick. And yeah, it's just such a fast turn. Um, real quick. Do you want to do a, a time check? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, I'm at 53.15. Okay, I got 53.18.19.20. Okay, excellent. We're still synced. Cool. And that should also help you at home to uh, make sure that you're still syncing up with us. That's a good idea, buddy. Well, if we, just in, since, you know, like adding a disembodio, like, becomes a whole thing. Yeah, rifttracks.com. Yeah. As if it wasn't already clear enough, like, hey... We're unoriginal hacks. <laughs> but look, at mind. least we're trying to get in on their game of being funny, right? Like, we, we've long yeah. since acknowledged, like, ah, uh, we are too humorless fucks. I, I, think, yeah. I think it's just in the realm of talking film, it's so hard for us to be funny. Because, yeah. like, pen and paper cast, we've, we've managed, like, some really fun, uh, That's funny moments. Unfortunately, some of the best ones get just lost to the ether, but... Uh. God, don't break my heart. I know. I, that's part of why I want to wrap that series up is entirely so we can have the wrap-up discussion. Yeah. Even if it's going to become a two-hour ordeal. That's fine. Yeah. I love uh, those so this. So this is Utapau, which is just a planet of sinkholes. Because, like, that looks like it's supposed to be some sort of skeleton or something. But yeah. also, like, these metal, like, rivets that keep it into place. It's just such a cool yep. environmental yeah. design. And I love the looks of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, with their like little like mole teeth. Yeah. I like this where he's like, by the way, they're up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they almost look like they're supposed yep, to be no. a, like a vampire race. Yeah. Because they've got a very like Nosferatu type look to them yeah but their gums go down so far yeah it's a cool design speaking of Nosferatu's like how excited are you for a new vampires uh, the masquerade the game mm -hmm. I'm very excited Vampire the Masquerade, the tabletop RPG, was one of my favorite bits growing up. Oh, that's an interesting droid. I never really, like, I guess I completely blinked that whole sequence out, but I never saw, like, the copper-plated oh, droid yeah. before. Or I guess I never really noticed it. You know, it's just like, oh, there's a droid. Never took a moment to actually appreciate, like, oh, that, that one's just all, like, coppered out. I like that shot where he kind of goes back into the shadows. Mm -hmm. Here comes one of my favorite mounts, and uh, I I love the sound on them. Like that is such a an interesting uh, sound. Yeah, I like that creature just in general. Yeah, not a very stealthy ride, but no, well he can be somehow. <laughs> oh, there's our boy, weird fucking robo body with yeah. the nipple dials. What kind of voice is that? I don't know. I just thought about that. I'm like, that's I've never really noticed that accent before. 
like he's got a sort of like <laughs> rolling R's and these like eyes become kind yeah. of an E sound. Right. It's kind of a weird place to put a council. Yeah, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere with all these like high sight lines and everything. In a world where like grappling hooks aren't uncommon. Yeah. Like, definitely the Star Wars universe would be the easiest one to become an assassin in. I love how what he does with his beard. Yeah. Because it really does mimic, and I know that's the point, but it really does mimic old Obi-Wan. Yeah. Meme moment. He does that when he's thinking. Hello there. Also, very Alec Guinness. Yeah. He should be dead right now. He'll poke your eyes out, damn it. <laughs> Shunk. I like this. Thunk. Oh, now cutting off the head affects it. I I do like seeing all the like little bits of organs that uh, Grievous still has. Like, they're in the neck a little yeah. bit. Right. I'll admit, when I was a kid, I totally thought that it was supposed to be, like, Darth Maul just turned into a, a robo-body. Really? Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Although I prefer the story he has. This was kind of a cool thing. It, it definitely like, is, like... when I first saw it. It is it is kind of a thing, though, right, where it's like, okay, yeah, but he's not, he's not limited by uh, a human body with joints and stuff. So, of course, he would fight not like a human. Right. I mean, it's just too bad that, like, Grievous isn't using all four arms properly, but... Right. Oh. And, you know, of course, he's got to, like, disarm him pretty quickly. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Although I thought about doing it with Dooku earlier. <laughs> disarm. <laughs> That's brilliant. But there it goes. You hear it? Go, go, go. <laughs> move, Every move, action move. movie ever. Go, go, go. Uh, it is a thing, though, where it's like, I feel like Dooku is handled a lot better in the. Um, oh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Tartakovsky? Or is it just Tartakovsky? Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, in his, in his Clone Wars series. Yeah. Because it's like he is so much more of a fierce opponent in that one. Yeah. Did you see the goop around his yeah. eyes? Yeah, I've never noticed that before. See, I like this spider the spider crawl. walk is kind of crazy. That that gets used a lot in that Clone Wars series. What's that? The spider yeah. walk. This I like this thing too. Yeah, it, it is. I think that's really, in Star Wars Galaxy. If I remember. Yeah, right. it's a really like kind of unique uh, vehicle design. <laughs> see he lands on his feet and then gets down yeah padme just is like i'm fine it's like it's so interesting to see how it combines those legs with the with the mono wheel yeah i like that tell me how crazy this thing is too right he's just like i'm just gonna jump 
It's its own fun callback to episode two. Yep. Uh, Anakin's going to kill me. <laughs> Oof. It is kind of weird that like Mace Windu isn't out on a battlefield somewhere. Well, somebody's got to man the house, right? Yeah, it just feels like, you know, he's supposed to be like this amazing swordsman. I mean, when it comes down to it, what's Coyote Mundi got? Just like a a big head. He's easy, he's yeah. even more of a target. This is interesting. That they really are planning a coup. Yeah. Whether it's right or not, like... Yeah. In some sense, you know, hiding the truth between two lies, you know, Palpatine is right. They were planning a coup. They're right there. They're planning, like, how do we control the government after this is done? Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because it's like it doesn't seem like a thing that the Jedi should necessarily want, right? Uh, to have that, that degree th- of, like, leadership. It seems like a thing where, like, in the ideal right. world, yes, the, the Jedi would come in, arrest the Chancellor for being a Sith, like, Lord type deal. And then, like... Right abdicate control to whatever the vice chancellor is or something but it's yeah. also a thing where i could see them being like well we don't actually know where the sith begin and end so we'll just right. take over well and i think lucas touches on that in that behind the scenes thing i was watching today where he's like jedi aren't meant to be generals yeah. like they're meant to be peacekeepers they're meant to be diplomats they're not meant to be generals leading clones in battle yeah. you know this is out of their element per se and in, in this bit, too, where they're like, well, we actually have to, like, work. We have to figure regime change. Like, how do we do that? I, I also have to wonder <laughs> if it's a thing where the Jedi Order itself is not, um, as as it currently stands, is not built to handle conflict. Right? Um, and right, I wonder if that's a right. thing that, that was lost after the Old Republic won their war. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, over the years, the the... the methods to resist things like dark side influence in the in the face of of conflict and stuff have been lost to the jedi right because i could definitely see you know a couple like thousand years ago or whatever definitely could have handled this whole situation without a problem yeah this whole scene seems kind of odd because like you know the dark side and it's like well he just told us the story of darth plagueis the wise yeah, like already let on, like, hey, there's all this that... knowledge that the Jedi aren't going to tell you. Hey, don't ask how I right. know it, though. Yeah, yeah, because he, and he says that, like, how do you know this? He goes, not from a Jedi. And it's like, I do like his turn mm-hmm. to, like, the Emperor voice, the Emperor King. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely Anakin, a moment. When you fire your lightsaber, yeah, up, this you could have cut his head off and saved Padme. By yeah, the way. this is absolutely a moment though where it's like I think Anakin realizes like, oh, I accidentally overplayed how much I trust this person. Like I've given him all the emotional ammunition that he would ever need. Yep. I like this little like mural and in I, the background too. Like on both sides, yeah. right? It's like a, it's like some sort of weird sculpture, and it it's like looks like it's of like a group battling or something. It's very much a thing that you would expect yeah. to see in a like dark lord's office. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 
Oh man, don't I love that. don't give me those Peter North eyes. Yeah, but that's <laughs> creepy. And it goes along with just like how Palpatine is, yeah. right? He finds out your deepest stuff and then he just dicks with you. He just manipulates everything. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things I think that was explored in extended universe stuff where it's just like when it comes down to it, not every Sith is built to be a like a Darth Vader. Some of them are like, I'm gonna be a ritual based Sith Lord and that's where I'm strong in or something and right. clearly like he well, got to his position maybe not through actual strength or force ability, but just through like I can manipulate real good. Yeah. Well, and that's something I'll get into in just a couple of minutes when it comes to the to him being arrested. Yeah. I don't ever wanted I never wanted to see him with a lightsaber. Right. He's not a force of power, he's a force of will. He's a force of like manipulation and just manipulation of the force. Yeah. And not really strength. Yeah, I almost would have liked it. And I it. feel like that's kind of you know where he should have been and, and that's uh, the perfect like example of that where he's just like I will talk my way out of this by manipulating your feelings yeah it almost would have been more interesting to see like his honor guard or whatever um taking out the jedi instead because it shows both how like the jedi aren't really built to like have a proper fight um but also like these are the the people that he's managed to surround himself through his own political means he makes up for his weaknesses in these areas through his strengths in others which is like how the Sith work. Oh. There's those gooey innards you were talking mm-hmm. about. I do like this bit where he kicks him and it hurts. Yeah, right? Where he's like, oh, that's a mistake. You don't see that very no. often. And I love, this is a callback to, you know, episode four where he says, you know, it was a weapon for a more civilized time. Yeah. Also, man, he's just got a habit of hanging from the edge of a of a ledge and taking out his opponent. Yeah. Oh. Like, that death is both goofy and kind of neat. Yeah. It's kind of gruesome when you think about <laughs> it. It's also a thing of like, oh, man, you killed our big bad way early. Oh, you mean Darth Maul? Well, like... Yeah. I know. Oh, and see, this is what this is something that bothers me. You know, we'll start about my my rant that's going to oh, last for a few boy. minutes now. Go ahead. What's oh, the matter? Fisto oh. was in the background. Um, he turned. He like he 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 tells Mace Window he's a Sith Lord. Mace Window. <laughs> did I say Miss Win- Mace Window again? Yeah, you did. Look, it's okay. Mace you're, just, Window. you're just showing Mace... his um nominative determinism. That's right. Um, he's turned him over basically to the Jedi and the fact that he we're like four minutes from his turn yeah I like the internal struggle that they show when he's by himself but and I know he doesn't like being told no but it's just like you literally walked up and said he's a Sith Lord, and then you're fighting Mace Window. I did that for yeah. Purpose. Um, 
he's like, stay here because we only allow the incompetent Jedi on this boat. So here's my deal. On the theory that the turn already takes place in episode mm -hmm. two, I think it would be more impactful for them to see Darth Vader in this scene. Right. Not the... Yeah, not the suited up, like... Not the suited up. And and I like the idea of him even having some cybernetics because if he makes the turn in episode two, he's going to have some battles yeah. with Jedi. But I would love for Mace Windu and the others to come upon, you know, my apprentice, Darth Vader. And for them to see that, because to me, that has more emotional impact. The Jedi see the the betrayal, yeah. you know, it's Anakin. Anakin is supposed to be one of the best swordsmen. Windu is supposed to be one of the best swordsmen. Like, there's a reason why those four Jedi fall. Yeah. And it's because you have a fully, like, articulated Darth Vader with the power of the dark side flowing through him, and he will overpower all yeah. of them. You know, and you can even have a bit where Windu disarms him or knocks him out or something, and, and he goes to... Um, you know, he goes to kill the emperor and the emperor fries him and invader finishes him off or whatever. Yeah. You know, to me, it would just be so much, you know, so much better. I love a, I love this. Music. I was just going to mention that where it's just, it's this like low sort of drone, like with, uh, with that little bit of, uh, yeah, like a little bit, yeah, of a little bit of choir in the background. Yeah. You know, and I like that bit where he's just like, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to. I do like that bit where he's like, I, I'm supposed to save him because I want to save her. But, I, you know, he's also the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah. You know, it almost would have been nicer as well to see more responsibility put on Anakin carrying on with the idea of the turn in, in Episode 2. Where it becomes as yeah. well, like, again, like, oh, you are a person as well that our order has, has put so much behind and it, it, right. it's like, oh, well, we thought that you were the key to the prophecy. So, of course, we put all of this on you. Right. Oh, here comes the fucking. I just I hate this so much. This is the this is one of two bits of this movie. I, I hate. Yeah, it's not it's and, not great. Look at that. One shot yeah. down. Two shot down. One, two, three, four. Don't do my boy five. dirty. Kit Fisto down. Um, a poor you son. want to tell me that these are supposed to be some of the greatest Jedi that are on the council and they just got taken out by one dude in less than 10 well, seconds? Well, you see, Smeg, if you actually read the novelization, you'll know that he's going even faster than any of these Jedi can keep up with. Is that actually, true? Actually, from my understanding, it is true. Wait, are you from serious? From my understanding, I think I read a thing on Korra or something that. about it. Oh. I hate that. Because as it is, like, the lightsaber battles are supposed to be faster than the human I can keep track of. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. It's just, Which also then turns, like, lightsaber battles not necessarily into a battle of skill, but who's got the more force stamina. Yeah. But, I don't know. I just, like this. Yeah. Like, the Emperor shouldn't be doing no. that. I, I don't know. It's just, I like this bit where they, like, break the break window. The yeah. Yeah. Look at these faces. Yeah, it's not great. Here it comes, ready? Oh. 
<laughs> I'm like, what is happening? You know, here's the thing. Because I swear to God, there was an O face at, in there. At the end of the day, it's just he's just having a good time. <laughs> like as an actor, he's just like I, I like get to this have bit. So much fun with this. I like this weird thing where he like is running, but he comes to the office and he like. It's, it's this sort of thing, right? Where I don't know if you've you've ever done this, but it's like, uh you're trying to get to a certain aisle or something in the store so you like half run and you get a little bit closer into the store and you like kind of just speed walk a little bit yeah. mostly worry that one of the attendants is going to be like no you need to you need to walk i never noticed until now that he puts his hand up when skywalker comes yeah up. windu does like he's like okay back off but yeah it's okay I never noticed that before. And this is like another part that I hate. Yeah, the explaining like this is how his face I hate got that fucked. his face changed because of this. Yeah, it, I hate well, that. Well, if you if you read the novelization, it's actually that uh, he's expending so much Inflation. dark side force power that is actually causing the the uh, a, a force reverberation is actually drawing from his personal life force. And so that's why his face uh changes into a weird butt crack. I feel like you just I, lied. I absolutely lied on that one. Um, it's a thing where, like, clearly the lightning doesn't There's no reason for it. Because we've seen Luke get hit with, with lightning and nothing happened. We saw Anakin yeah. get hit with lightning and nothing happened. I like the idea that, like, he's, like, he is just, like, flowing with the dark side. And 25 years later after this, he looks like how he yeah. does. You know, he's infused with the dark side. He's gotten old. And kind of decrepit, and he's twisted by the dark side. There's no reason to make him look like this no. right now. I could even see a, a sort of like a force. Um, oh, I don't know to draw off of like Vampire the Masquerade type shit of like a force glamour type deal where it's like he's he's using the force to shroud his actual appearance as well as his actions. Well, he actually does right. that. Um. You know, there's a bit uh, later on in one of the TV series where he comes upon one of the heroes and he looks like he normally right. does. Or he looks like Palpatine, not like the right. Emperor. And, you know, supposedly in canon, like, there's very few people that have seen him like that. Like, all of the propaganda and stuff shows him as Palpatine and not as the right. Emperor. See, I just... Again... We'll move past this soon, but this is so unnecessary. Oh man, it's just too bad that the light, light the force lightning, also um, destroyed his voice box. Yeah, it, it's just like ten minutes ago you were turning him into the Jedi, and now you're suddenly Darth Vader. Yeah. Although I guess at this point it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, he's in too deep now. It's like, look, you're wanted for, you know, four murders at this point, so you may as well go rob the bank. Yeah, I just think it's more impactful if this happens in episode yeah. two. And he sends him somewhere and he defies the Jedi and, you know, he reaches that point in no return and he says, I dub thee. I mean, obviously he's not going to dub thee, but, you know. Yeah, like if... I name thee Darth Vader. You know, in the... You know, in the... Um, you know, tradition of the, you know, and tradition of the fifth. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, you are having like a whole thing today, aren't you? I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the tradition of the Sith, you know, I call you Darth yeah. Vader. You know, or something like that. This just, it's so sudden and it's just so 
over the top. It's also like, man, cool that uh, German exists in uh, in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I love his voice, but it's, I mean, save it for the next movies. You See, know? so I guess what like the, the ideal arc would have been would have been episode one is the setup, episode two is the turn, and episode three is the fallout. Yeah. Because like you could have set up his um, relationship with Palpatine and like starting to sow the seeds throughout episode one. I do like that bit, and I'm for some reason I just feel like I hadn't seen it before. That bit where like Yoda's like he can feel that surge, you know, in the dark side. He can feel the loss of the Jedi and the surge of the dark yeah. side. What do you suppose the dark side feels like? just like a wave of like anxiety or something or no it can't originally be right because it's supposed to be seductive originally i was kind of more curious on like what exactly the dark side must taste like but i realized that none of them are tasting the force so i think it probably tastes like pumpkin spice pancakes i think it would taste like spicy cherries okay with a little bit of rot or that jack daniel's cinnamon rum <laughs> or cinnamon whiskey or just something like Fireball or any or Sinfire yeah. or any of the other like cinnamon right. whiskeys. Yeah. I still I, I really like seeing uh the change in the background between when the window's in place versus when it's not. Like how it yeah. comes through like much, that much more vivid. It's just like a nice touch to have added that like slightly dulled look to the window. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't actually noticed that before. But oh, I right. feel like it must be, it should be windy as shit. Well, it is initially when he breaks the window, yeah. remember? It was just suddenly the, like, uh, I don't know. And just, but I guess that was just the uh, temp, like the change in pressure, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, or there's like some sort of temporary force field that comes up or something. Yeah. I mean, it would make the most sense, right? It's like, okay, well, if we're going to build our windows out of breakable glass, then we probably want some sort of like force field that pops into place if it does break. Yeah. I love this music through here. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I really do think that uh, episode three might be like some of the strongest work uh, as far as music goes. Outside of Empire. Empire's got some really good ones, yeah. No. I like this shot of the, as he comes up, you know, up over the stairs, but... I also I like having those uh the footfalls timed with the music as well. Yeah. Well, Clones are definitely looking oh. a little rough. I, I don't know if if it would have been better if they were principal and then like I do like this move. Um if they're yeah, principal and then stamped or if it's better if they're animated, but Remember that um Republic Commando game? Yeah. That's, for some reason, it reminds me of that because you get that like machine gun, yeah, rifle. Did they put his head on top of a CG body? I think so. It really looks like that, doesn't it? So it's a really weird decision, right? Like you could have just built a suit of armor. The five hundred first has been doing it for a while. So of course. 
this isn't explained here. It's, it's explained more in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, but each one of these clones has a behavior chip. Right. That is meant to inhibit them from turning against the Jedi and against the Republic. And uh, uh, Palpatine and Dooku basically reversed that and implanted the... Uh, implanted the the order 66 in there which actually programmed them to to remember, turn on the jedi as opposed to protect them yeah i remember this shot from uh battlefront uh, battlefront 2 because during the campaign they would include um live action shots and so they had like up to where the missile uh fires off as the shot leading into this mission yeah i love this music yeah. This is another piece I really like. Oh, I always love the look of this planet, Felucia. Yep. Is that what it's called for real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because isn't Felucia like one of the war torn cities in like Afghanistan? Well, that's Felucia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But Thank it you. is a uh, really big similarity. She should be in pieces now, right? Yeah, there should be a lot of um, gore and stuff through there. Cause, yeah, because they are. They just riddled her with that was like a bonnie and clyde style yeah so since i um made fun of her for this today i gotta say so i recently uh like maybe a couple months ago rewatched these movies with uh with frankie mm -hmm. Your and girlfriend. yeah and um during this scene she started crying and i'm like what's what's wrong she's she was talking about yoda she's like he's gonna he's he's all alone now Oh, that is sad. <laughs> yeah. That's it sad was, when she says it like that. As soon as she said it, though, I, like, I couldn't help but just start laughing at her. And I felt <laughs> a little bad because it was very clearly like in your face, just fucking guffaws. But it was just I've never heard it said that way. <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed during the Mandalorian tra uh, trailer the other night, but one of those round droid ships was in it. I love those things, those little rocket, um, like, APC things. I like this bit. It's kind of unnecessary, but... Yeah. Funk. It is a thing where you would... Uh, and I like how the Wookiees are just like, shit. <laughs> yeah. You would hope that uh, the other Jedi would have had the Force to back them right. up and tell them, hey, you're getting fucked with here. I like this where he just, like, crawls up on the... Yeah, on the Chewie. I like I, the music here, too. I was about to say, I like this musical shift. Yeah. You have to admit, for somebody who's really concerned about how children see this, I mean, the dude slaughters all the kids. Yeah, I remember there being discussions on whether or not I would be allowed to go see this with you because of that scene. Seriously? Yeah. Because I think there had been, like, press about it beforehand about how, like, oh, Anakin's going to kill a bunch of kids in this movie. You were a little bit older, though. Yeah, I mean, I would have been going into, I think, I think I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing this because this is the only one that we didn't watch the day of. Like, we saw it a couple weeks after, I think. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I couldn't get up here. Uh, in time and it had been out a couple of weeks when we saw it yeah I like this bit Jimmy Smith is just like fuck it I'm out of here right I 
I, I do like seeing the uh like the temple and everything like with the fire and all that it's a yeah. really cool visual and uh if i remember right don't quote me on this but i believe this is lucas's son yes i believe so i like he was just like i'm just gonna i'm doing it this was also one of my favorite levels in uh in battlefront 2 like playing as uh anakin and slaughtering all the younglings <laughs> <laughs> just because you're you're running through this this academy and it, like you've just got a goal and it's like kill the like thirty younglings or something like that. Is that true? Yeah. So you're like fighting oh against all these like uh, lightsaber wielding teens. It's, oh, wow. Uh, it's nuts. That's brutal. I like these. Yeah, these like proto chicken walkers. I mean, it seems like the smart thing would have been to encase them in the first place, but... Oh, there's a dead Wookiee. Huh. So, at this point, I guess that there's still, though, like, the war between them and the uh, Confederate systems are uh, still in effect, yeah. Yes, except... Um, because... Palpatine is also controlling them. He basically calls the war off. Right. With Grievous gone, he has all the droids shut down. Um, although you'll see in later stuff, like there's little pockets of droids that are kind of operating on their own. But yeah, um, you know, he basically is like, okay, done. Yeah, it just it almost seemed like a possibility that when they were going through, that they could have caused. Uh, there it is. Some of the Wookiee deaths. Yep. The Tantive Four. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because it wouldn't be right away. Yeah. I like Jimmy Smith is just like, all right, fuckers. I always loved the the inside of that blockade runner with it being so yep. like just pristine and everything. Yeah, Ewan McGregor like makes a comment in, a, in an interview because you know they're walking down that hallway at one point, and he's like, "This is the hallway that Death Darth Vader comes in." Yeah. You know, he goes, "It was just surreal, like walking through you know this." part of Star Wars history. Yeah. I like the sound when it pressurizes. Yeah, that like high pitched like whine. Yep. Yeah, that's real good. I like this ship. Like I got this ship in Star Wars Galaxies too as part of some promo thing. It was it was pretty cool. How many times are we gonna mention Star Wars Galaxies? Oh, not nearly enough. That game I was know. gone before its time. Yep. Which I know some yep, people would disagree. You, thank some you very like, much, EA. Some people will be like, oh, yeah, no, that, that game needed to end as soon as they'd put out the uh, combat update or anything. But That's true. I still love the like shit amazing. out of it. Yeah. I mean, like, I've got such fond memories of playing, like, a traitor with my uh, <laughs> Galactic Armed Federation. Shout out to my gaff buddies out there. Yeah. Uh, wherever you guys may be. Um, just, like, I, I made a, uh, like, a little internet friend on there, and so he and I would have our traders, like, in the same house, and we would build shit for each other. And then we would undermine all the markets. <laughs> nice. Well, because it was a thing where it was like, well, look, we basically get all these materials for free, except for some minor upkeep on our, on our like, uh, farming materials. So, like, why not just sell land speeders for, like, 1,200 credits? <laughs> instead of a hundred thousand like let's just do that we're just gonna cause a massive bidding war i like that
I feel like he's weakest when he tries to be evil. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe that's the problem. When he's being creepy in, like, episode two, like, they're purposely trying to show that he has dark leanings. Yeah. And, and now I notice, like, what I liked about him in the first, like, half of the movie is gone. Right. Like, him, like, acting, trying to act like he's been seduced by the dark side is, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be, good. No, I was just going to say, he gets, he gets a lot of those, like, that cadence and the, just the way he talks like he did in episode two where he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. God, that must feel weird walking on the side of that ship. Yeah. And having to, like, bounce as you walk. I don't know, I guess it'd be like boarding a boat, but... You're right. 3PO is all gold. In mm-hmm. episode four, he has a silver leg. Yeah. Uh, the, the exposed wires on him was always such a weird thing to me, though. Yeah. Like throughout his midriff. I'm not digging the CGI Tantive 4. No, it's very... um. Clone, Clone Wars, the TV show. I know you haven't seen the trailer to episode nine, but there's a shot of the Tantive 4. Mm-hmm. That is gorgeous. It's so what this is not. <laughs> it also bugs me how ships happen to have the exact same size of docking bay than what's needed. Right. Like the Death Star, or not Death Star, the Star Destroyer happens to have the right size bay for the Tanta 4, and the Tanta 4 just happens to have the right size bay for that ship. <laughs> well, I guess the ideal is that you do sort of a, a Russian nesting doll of ships, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. It's like definitely wouldn't be able to fit something like uh, Millennium Falcon through right. that docking bay. Do you suppose that there's um, like okay? Can you imagine the? That's another like interesting wipe. Yeah. That is the thing. Is the more that I look at this, the more I'm like, okay, you know what? I've always hated all the wipe options for uh throughout like premiere and stuff but i guess they're not so absurd they always (laughs) seemed really like amateur to me right where it's like oh this feels very like baby's first uh, movie maker project yeah but i guess to be fair they're all being used (laughs) in this how do you feel about mustafar um i've always liked the uh idea and some of some of the design of mustafar i just wish that i understand its actual purpose in the universe yeah I guess to be fair, like, it's probably, like, you can probably extract, like, a lot of um, minerals and metals from that molten uh, goop. Yeah. And I I just kind of assume that that's what they do. But it was interesting that behind the scenes thing, you know, they said, you know, the first thing once, you know, George has always wanted this lava planet, which is true. But, you know, he's like, he had to decide, you know, what the purpose for and what these guys were doing. And it's like, yeah, but you never said that. Yeah. (laughs) You never indicate what it's actually... Yeah, but I think I think it's one of those things where it's like, as a writer, right, you know that, like, you're going to have to have more information than the audience. And I think that's kind of one of those yeah. things where it's like, who knows, like, why why are all the buildings put underneath uh, or built into, like, underneath the planet's surface in Utapau? You know, I mean, like, there's probably yeah. some extended universe thing about how, like, those mole people's skin is too sensitive or, like... The yeah. sun's got some harmful sure. rays or something like that. But at the end of the day, yeah, know, it doesn't really no, you're right. matter too much. I do like 
how if you look carefully, you can see the heat shield. Yeah. There's like a force field that, you know, reflects the heat there at the bottom. So how soon after stepping off do you think that uh, you would be sweating? I'd be sweating as I was stepping off. Oh, look at those dudes. Those dudes are tall as shit. And they're just kind of going, who's this guy? Right. I would love if they're just like, dickhead, you can't park here. Yeah. So what I was going to ask is... I like the mouse droids. Yeah. I always love the mouse droids. Mouse droids and gonk droids, I love the shit out of. Yep. Um, do you suppose that there's like a Alex Jones for the um, Star Wars universe? Like, Absolutely. I've always been curious what um, like space conspiracy theory looks like. Uh, space racism has always been extremely interesting to me because it's like, how does that come about within these uh, universes? I love that saber throw, honestly. Yeah, it's, you too. Well, yeah. You know, it's not like in the forefront, but. You know, racism is a major part of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think I you know, think it's one of those things in um, playing the Death Star's first episode is was asking like, "Hey, is the Imperial Army racist?" Oh, absolutely. You know, the the his assistant Masamita is like one of the only non-alien people on the government council. Um, Grand Animal Thrawn is like one of the only alien officers there are. Yeah, like they are extremely racist. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's like, to some extent, you would think that humans would not be such a, a prevalent force throughout the uh, the galaxy. No. Do you think it smells in there by now? Uh, I mean, it should. You would think, you know, they, the clones have had enough time to, like, gather the bodies. Yeah, you would think, right? Could you imagine if instead... I guess on maybe the they just don't care. In the background, you just saw a, a uh, pile of, of uh, Jedi bodies. Oh. Like just a mass of like brown and tan cloaks. Like just like yeah. I love the music through here. Yeah, I do too. Like carries on a little bit of that I, that duel of fates like uh, yeah. choir. I do like kind of the juxtaposition of this and you know Anakin taking people at the same time yeah it's this like, like you consolidation know, we're, of we're, power and like the final chess pieces coming into place exactly the separatists are falling the empire is growing yeah I mean because you have to think like oh shit as soon as we gave this guy um emergency powers we were suddenly done with our war against the droids like how amazing is that yep oh there's your boy I was about to say my second boy look I told you he's a survivor <laughs> No one, I mean, no one kills robo-nipples. There's no reason to kill me. You notice the headdress on Masamita? Yeah. Has he had that before? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I love that staff. I could be wrong. Tweet tweet at me and tell me that I'm wrong. I bet you that staff has a whole name in lore. This is my favorite line. Yeah. This is, like, one of the best lines that Amidala has. Yeah. And actually one of the best lines, I think, one of the best lines in Star Wars, I think, at least, especially as far as, like, today goes. It's like, well, George, you nailed that. Yeah. Oh, God, these things always interest me. Like, 
those sort of that sort of um storage situation style. yeah yeah and if we ever get fred to watch rebels he'll see what he recorded Oh yeah, see, I always had the idea that that had been shown, but I guess I guess you're right; it's not shown in this. Uh uh-uh. uh, you don't see the message. Oh man, what if you opened up the security recordings and it wasn't like Anakin killing younglings? See, what if it was like Yoda getting a foot job? Oh god. kind of make a note here make sure that explicit tag is on again but you're right like how oh how weird would that be somebody just grabs those ears oh man (laughs) one of the things i like about this too is like there's no discussion about bringing anakin back to the light side no no it's pretty well decided that's like no this is irredeemable yeah, he's like you. You, I will go take him to the emperor. You go kill him. And, you know, it's very like it's very unjedi like. But there's no like redemption. It's like nope, he's got to die. To be fair, it'd be pretty so hard to redeem someone after they've murdered a bunch of children. That's generally where people like start to draw a line. But they do. He kills the emperor in the end. I don't know if that necessarily redeems and- him though. And goes back to the light side. He's a he's a blue ghost. He's a blue force ghost. I guess this is fair. I guess um, I think it's a thing where maybe children are only worth like point zero zero one souls. Oh God. And maybe you can just kill a good number of children before like you're considered too far gone for the force. It is like how long has this story been going on? Because she is quite prego. Right. I mean, apparently she she's like about ready to pop. Yeah. Like, think about this way: what if this I mean, took place like two months before due date, and like Luke was just a huge preemie? <laughs> what he slaughtered a Tuscan tribe. Yeah, yes, he it's, can. It's kind of like she should have been like, oh, yeah, no, that tracks. Yeah, there's she absolutely should have been like, oh, shit, I knew this was coming. I mean, he only murdered a bunch of children once. There's no way he would do it again. <laughs> Anakin. My Anakin? No. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the warning signs were there, sure. Yeah. A complete disregard for other life? Yeah, Remember maybe. when he threw, like, Owen's tools across the thing and told you he just killed, like, an entire, like, village of people? <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I feel like it given that it's Amidala, tools either. She was, she was probably more um more upset over the destruction of property than uh, <laughs> the the wasting of a bunch of Tuscan raiders' That's lives. Right. She's, She's like, look, they're, un- they're an uncivilized people. We need to bring them in and domesticate them. Rights. Actually, I do like this scene between the two of them. Yeah. I like the music, too. Mm-hmm. Which I think they actually showed 
or um, was during the uh, the purge of the temple, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Those bodies don't look real. They look so pasted on there. Yeah. Holy crap, I've never noticed that before. Oh, man, it's a good thing that they had a a dark cloak in just his size, like, ready and waiting for him. (laughs) I do like his outfit in general in this. Yeah, although, you know... Like, the black outfit? You would think it would be a thing where it's like, hey, you guys ever notice that we're all wearing, like, light brown and maybe a darker brown? We've got this one Jedi, just the one, who decides that he needs to dress in all black. That's probably nothing to worry about, is it? It's a good thing that the dark side influences your color palettes. Yeah. I I do like the whole, like, the whole tear thing down his face, though. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I know what I've done, but I can't help it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely a thing where I think in this moment he's hey, like, look. it's the one button. <laughs> it's the it's same still button. The, yeah, it's still the same one. <laughs> what were you saying? Um... Bah, I can't remember. It's all good. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. It's definitely a thing where it almost feels like he's like both he's in too deep and he's feeling like, look, this is a bunch of bad that I'm doing, but it's for a good cause. Yeah. Or I guess as he perceives it a good cause. Now, it is a bit much to be like, yeah, all these other children's lives are definitely worth the life of my wife and children. Yeah. Although I guess to be fair, all those youngs are, you know taken basically at birth or young childhood so it's not like they really yeah. knew their parents anyways and clearly their parents yeah. were fine with just giving them up nobody's gonna miss them actually i guess that is a point like whatever happens if uh their parents are like uh no you won't be taking my child i don't think they ever like forcibly take him do they i've never I, really I seen don't... any like canon stuff about it but i don't know but like considering how there's probably some of them who are growing up in areas that are like um, I mean, like, like, let's just look at Anakin, right? Where it's just like, okay, right. But at the same time, him being there probably as a free slave could have helped to slave or uh, free his mom. Yeah. Right. Like he actually would have been able to keep wages that he earned and could have potentially bought her off of Watto. Right. The Jedi Council should have the money to be able to just throw around to buy her back if they aren't willing to just like do a slave liberation. Yeah. I like how she looks in this. I don't know why. Which is another thing, right? Like, clearly the Republic and the Jedi Council are fine just knowing, like, yeah, slavery's illegal, but some planets are just going to have it, and that's okay. Yeah. Human rights, no need to uh, enforce those. I don't know, like, how much, like, are the is the Outer Rim actually part of the Republic? It seems like it's part of the Republic, but it's on, like, the outskirts and probably doesn't it's... get, like, a lot of, um... Like they just don't care. It's, it's like it's yeah. like Siberia, pretty much. Yeah, kind of where it's like, yeah, you're you're within our territory, but unless there's like a planet killer stationed outside your your planet, you're kind of on your own. God, what would happen if the Death Star two blew up Tatooine? Oh man, well, I mean, it would make the most sense, right? He would be like, look, all my problems stem from Tatooine. I need to get rid of it. Yep. I actually feel like that was uh that was like point number three on the uh. Death Star 1 list, right? Point 1, destroy Alderaan as a test. Point 2, <laughs> destroy Yavin 4. Point right. 3, destroy Tatooine. And then we're good. Yep. I wonder, like, how destabilized 
Alderaan system is with the absence of that planet now. You mean like geopolitical or like no, the actual I'm, I mean the actual, the actual like system. system itself like you've just destroyed a, a huge collection of mass. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how much like um you know, planets uh influence other planets. I mean, from my understanding from playing Universe Sandbox Simulator, uh a good bit. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, Khan says that's why SETI Alpha 5 gets laid waste is City Alpha 6 explodes and shifts its orbit. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like it would have had to been right on top of it to do that, but... <laughs> well, because you just have to think, like, solar systems as a whole are a pretty, like, big balancing act. Yeah. I mean, it's why there's only so many, like, points of orbit that you can put something in before it winds up degrading in orbit, right? Yeah. I like this I like this bit that she does. Yeah. It's a good bit of acting. I like it. I mean, there's Hayden, but <laughs> Yeah. She's pretty good. I mean Now we've got our, reason our she has an Oscar. Sitcom uh misunderstanding moment. Yeah. Three's company. Yeah. I do like that shot of him standing at the top with his hands on his hips. Right. He's just giving some uh, some ma major, like, big dick energy right there. Yeah. He took some brain force. Poor uh, Anakin sitting here thinking, oh, man, I got cucked by Obi-Wan. <laughs> Which, I mean, he absolutely was, <laughs> but... See, I like his outfit. Yeah. I like the idea of him acting like this after he's had this turn. Yeah. It seems a little, like, uh, over the top in the context of this. I wonder how much of it is authentic and how much of it is him playing into what he thinks the role of a Sith should be. I, uh, probably both. I, I could see that. I mean, this speech itself isn't a bad speech. I like this bit. Yeah. Do democracy! <laughs> there is kind of that cheesy standoff dialogue going on, but... Yeah. Like, you, you kind of have to. Yeah. Do you feel like the dialogue between <laughs> Vader and, and Ben Kenobi in uh, episode four is the same level of cheese? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I guess do. to some extent, right? The like, now the master, or now the When I left you, master, I was yeah. but a learner. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's a bit much. But this fight here is such a like well choreographed sequence. I love the backflip. I love this. Thunk. <laughs> <laughs> you would... And Masamita is just like, you know what? I'm going to go. Yeah. Uh, also yeah it, a lot of people complain that it is choreographed, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's so great. Yeah. Like, it's got a certain degree of, like, just uh, tension and passion behind it that's like, yeah, no, this doesn't yeah. really match. Like, this is how this sequence should be. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I would change that bit at all. I may not have it on a lava planet, but I don't think I would change the fight. I feel like the the fight's earned. Yeah. Or the fight's oh, that not earned. Is weird. Um, it's not earned considering what came up, but like if they were to have that build up, this is exactly what it would be. Yeah. You know, if you had that tension and build up over the course of like a movie. Yeah. Instead of like ten or twenty, you know, ten fifteen minutes, I would absolutely expect them to go completely apeship like this well and as well I, I almost wish that we could have had a fight like this with um anakin and windu right like where it's like oh we've got these two masters of the sword like facing off against each other yep yeah you're right and, like i feel like almost all those fights <laughs> against jedi masters should have been bigger set pieces masamita gets about five feet off screen and he's running yeah he's like <laughs> get the hell out of here yoinks <laughs> this is just <laughs> so goofy something about the dark side of the forest just makes you act this way uh, yeah i mean he's having a good time right it definitely it's definitely a you know he's here the dark side has cookies but apparently you have a good time <laughs> i love this bit where he's like Vonk? That is a weird, like, having him do, like, a, a an almost Bruce Lee-like finger wave. Yeah. God, such a I do like this bit where he was, like, he was going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so does he have, like, the, the lightsaber, like, stashed inside of his sleeve? Yeah. I don't need this. No, I don't need this fight here. I, I just don't. I don't need it. Like, it almost feels like Yoda should be wise enough to be like, okay, I can't win these this fight here. I need to yeah. retreat, try and gather our forces, and we will live to fight another day. Right. Basically, do what Episode Seven taught everybody. Yep. Oh, which I, I mean, like I guess so. was was part of the the point, right? Where it's like, okay, well, under the old way, Yoda totally would have like encouraged, uh, a, like grand sacrifice by Poe if it meant like you could save the uh, or in the whole war. Yeah, but uh, wouldn't have actually done anything. That's a cool shot. It though. is a cool shot. I always like the shots of the Senate, and like seeing it all empty like this as well. Yeah. I guess I feel like I saw that in episode two. Yeah. That's that's just it, right? Is it's like I, if we didn't see an episode this two, is, this could have done something. Well that's not that's doing goofy, much. goofy, but I like it. Or they're twirling. Yeah. You know, like doing it to try to catch the other off guard, but yeah. I mean it comes across as goofy, but I like it. The matched like force uh force pushes as well as I I, yeah. I don't know. It it definitely falls under that like two people shooting a laser at each other. Yeah. But it, it kind of works. Uh, I like I like the uh, that klaxon. Yeah. It's a little bit like uh, Harry Potter and Voldemort shooting each other with their wands. Yeah. I think we Here just ready. we need to stop trying to do it because you can't act it well enough. Here it comes. 
Mm-hmm. Like it or not like it? The the use of Duel of Fates? Yeah. Oh, no, like it. I dig it, yeah. Didn't dig it in part two, but... Yeah. I do here, like here it how it kind of signals, like, phase two of the fights. Yeah. Where, like, shit's getting serious now. Yeah. You know, it's not all flashy stuff spinning around. Like, now there's tactics. Now there's, like, actual force powers and... Yeah. Actual danger. Oh, the... I kind of like this bit. I don't know why. Oh, I like that. <laughs> He's just having a good time. You know, be like the Emperor, folks. I do like that look in his face where he's, uh, when he realizes, like, he's screwed. Yeah. He's like, I better jump down, because... I mean, and I like this too because before against Dooku, he was just like, "I'm just gonna hold this." And this one, it's like, "Holy shit!" I am yeah. There's actually like, okay, we're gonna we're I'm fighting on this one. Yeah. I don't like this bit. Don't. Oh man, I, I just don't like the idea of, of Yoda following like several stories. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Fuck. I hate that so much. Oh dunk, Jesus. Dunk, dunk, dunk. Yoda's poor old alien bones. <laughs> <laughs> what would he have done if he would have just moved one of those and made him fall? Right. See, I like this whole sequence because it's such a like callback to swashbuckling. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because you can see all the tropes yeah. between like the walking across the ship mast You've got the um, swinging across a rope. Yep. Oh, you're right. Never really thought about that, but it's true. I mean, you've even got a bit where um, when one of the sections of this, uh, this thing is crashing in, that it's like, oh, that's like if a ship was oh. cut in half and collapsing down. Yeah, the lava yeah, spurt it, is such a that good... Was, that was epic. That was like the poster shot. But... Yeah. Yoda does seem like the type who would uh, fit perfectly in all the ventilation shafts. Yep. <laughs> I like how they're not even going to talk about, like, where did you go, bro? <laughs> I could have used I'd you like to see the reinforcement uh, say, like, discussion about who's going to pay for the fact he just destroyed a third of the Senate chamber. Right. That's okay. I'm sure that they've got some sort of slush fund. I, uh, I love this sequence. Yeah. Like adding in this like environmental hazard on top of everything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a, uh, about an hour, hour and a half documentary about this one single sequence. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. I was watching a little bit of it today. They, it basically, uh, it goes over. It, like in this one um, scene, they go over like every department of the of the film company, basically, mm -hmm. from like production office to the caterers to the visual effects people. And interesting. Yeah, it's called. Um, I think it's called Under a Minute. Because the that shot is like under sixty seconds. I'm gonna have to uh, find that. Because that sounds you should watch it. It's pretty. 
Yeah, it's a great behind the scenes thing. I mean, it, it's got a lot of you know Lucas tropes that. Well, but see that that is Why the thing have... from that episode one documentary. Is is fun like watching him work, even if it's just like okay, well, this is goofy, and you're just like making everybody's yeah. life way harder for no reason. Yeah, but there is still a, a degree of just like, oh yeah, we're just doing this. That is kind of a uh, kind of fun. It's um, you know, it's that stuff that actually made me want to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I watched I it's specifically. I remember watching a behind the scenes documentary on um, Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, you know what? I want to make movies. I mean, now I'm in my, you know, early 40s and I haven't made one, but. That's okay. Your your time's coming. I've made short films, I guess. They were pretty shitty, but still. This podcast is still a uh, product of that. Yeah. That's the thing. There's, it's, it's, no, it's no failures. It's just uh, mini successes. Look at you. I'm proud of you. Um. That structure you can find in Star Wars Galaxies, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's like on the side of the uh, river down below that waterfall. I like this as well, Stafar. seeing this thing like slowly starting to die as he's on it. Yeah. Even if this yeah, the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, goofy. expansion for Star Wars Galaxies is great. Mm-hmm. Added like Obi Wan as a Force ghost, who's sending on different quests. You like go find his his uh, ghost spirit on Mustafar. Yeah. See, that's I just, it's just too blunt. I just, it, well, and the dialogue is, but the sentiment is nuts. Yeah. Like, you know, just a few hours ago, again, you turn the Chancellor over to the Jedi. Like, this whole thing about, I knew you were taking over. How? <laughs> like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. It's like, whoop, shit. I do like how they are, like, they slowed down. Yeah. They're getting tired. Yeah, like, clearly you the know, battle's wearing more. on both of them. Yeah. I saw a, a shot of uh, Hayden Christensen doing um, ADR, mm-hmm. where he was doing push-ups and jumping jacks and stuff before he would, because he had to make all those noises, those grunts and yeah. pants and everything. This is goofy, too. Junk. Junk. I mean, it's gruesome, but, you know, the idea of the high ground... Completely busted by Mythbusters, by the way. Which part of it? Being on the higher ground meant that he had the advantage. Well, it was more of, I think, he knew, like, okay, you, you're going to have one move, and it's the shit that I used on Darth Maul. Yeah. I know how to conquer this shit. Yeah. I like this bit from Obi-Wan. Yeah. Well, because you can definitely see, like, he's torn over, like, holy shit, I gotta deal with all this. Like, you were my brother and you failed. Right. (laughs) I don't, I just, A, that's goofy, but B, like, that hate isn't earned. No. This is earned, I feel like. These lines from, you know, Obi-Wan, I think, are earned, but this, this like, hatred he has is 
Although I got to tell you, finish him off, man. Yeah, it would be a small <laughs> you know mercy I mean? here. Like, he's obviously still moving after he's been burned, and he just walks away. Like that's not a good friend. Yeah. So, in in our reimagining of the prequels, how do you think he would earn that hate? I think he earns that hate by being manipulated by Palpatine more. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as soon as I'd said that. Yeah, I think it's a matter of twisting, you know, because Star Wars is based on the point of view. He twists that point of view. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have to get that hatred up to turn against the Jedi in the first place. Yeah. And I feel like that's the turn that takes place in episode two. Because by the time you have this fight, when it is the, you know, at that point, they're the polar opposites. Yeah. You know, the force of, of the greater good, the force against the greater evil. And, you know, or to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's fine if Padme dies. Yeah. Under the protection of Obi-Wan. Or Obi-Wan is involved in some way in her death. Right. And you mix that together with you know uh like it's another opportunity for palpatine to to twist that around it, it could be them. a thing where um like obi-wan is faced with this choice of either like being able to to uh achieve this like huge success at the war uh, in this war or say padman winds up choosing the one that would help the greater number of people yeah and in the process padme dies and anakin winds up uh blaming him for that and palpatine can basically just use that and just press that point so it's like two faced. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a mixture. I I just the the plot line of him going to the dark side because of Padme and because of love. It just I doesn't I don't buy it. Yeah, I think I would much prefer the idea of uh, of it instead like a a succumbing to the pressures of his station, wherein it's like, again, he's got this whole pressure put on him. Like you are supposed to be the savior of the galaxy and it's like okay if you were to know that what kind of pressure does that put on a person yeah or even if he doesn't necessarily know it and like just everybody's uh still enforcing that role like what does that do yeah well and i honestly like the idea of you know there's a storyline in one of the tv shows of somebody in the same position where they're unusually strong in the force and to save his mentor he dips into the dark side yeah you know and, and pulls upon some you know extreme power and you know everybody kind of goes oh shit because they know that he's you know he's felt the dark side he's been in it yeah and there's several other points where you know it's the quick way it's the easy way you know and he goes back into that, you know, there's a real concern for a while that he's going to go dark because, you know, he's so seduced by the power of it, you know, of what he's capable of. And I, to me, I feel like that's, you know, I almost feel like that they did that storyline basically to do Anakin right. Yeah. And, you know, because it should be more about, you know, he tasted the power. He already felt like, and it could play into that whole thing with how bad do you think that hurts? That he's getting rained on. Oh, so bad. Um, you know, it pay, plays into that idea that you have that, um, 
he's under so much pressure. He's the prophesized one, right? Yeah. And I mean, he could realize that, like, okay, I, uh, the through the power of the light side, it's going to take so much more to be able to, to accomplish these goals right. that we need. But if I just succumb a little bit to this, if I just use this this one time, or something, I can I can make these uh, huge gains for for what we're trying to do, and I can save so many lives by doing it. Right. Um. This is my number one most hated thing in all of star wars uh which part in particular the uh, uh, dying of a broken heart thing or yeah not not this bit because i love going back and forth yeah with the birth of the twins and the birth of vader yeah i feel like you have what's supposed to be the proto leia who's supposed to be the strong warrior woman yeah she has twins and she just dies yeah Anybody who is that strong is not going to fucking die when she's looking at her twin babies. Yeah. Because of a broken heart. Yeah. She's just not. It is so stupid. Um, you know, I, I mean, in, I, I don't know. Like you, like you talk to any mother that's not sitting in the middle of a fucking galaxy far, far away. And they're going to tell you that, you know, having their kids gives them a thousand times more strength. Yeah. I, I remember reading and the really idea good, that she um, theory to how like, uh, something like the force or something like that is keeping her alive or something um in this moment there was there's something along those lines i'd have to dig it up somewhere so so here's the thing that i've kind of thought about or discovered that i heard in a podcast not too long ago mm -hmm. is i love this yeah i love that look on his face Here's that high pitched where it gets all sealed up. Yeah. And I love how the smoke moves. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. That is such a well done um, shot. So they were talking about Freddie Prince Jr.'s rant mm -hmm. about basically the toxic fandom and nature of the force, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, um, there is this, you know, this idea that the dark side becomes so powerful that everything gets clouded. We hear about it in episode two that the Jedi are losing their ability to use the force. Right. And um, this idea that um, because of the manufactured war, you know, clouding the Jedi and their very ability to use the force, the Sith have become more powerful than the entire Jedi right. for a time. And the Force answers that by the birth of the twins. Right. But perhaps, you know, I've heard this said before, that there's so much loss and de despair and anger and sadness in the galaxy that it overpowers her with grief. Right. You know, that the dark side, you know, they say the dark side's fallen but literally the dark side, the power itself is permeating everything in the galaxy. Right. Uh, I still don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That still seems not, not quite great, but it is an interesting no, concept. You know, princess Leia's mom just like gave up because she got choked. Yeah. This scene is a little, uh, yeah. Yeah. I like this Frankenstein bit, though. Yeah. 
where he doesn't quite know how to use his legs. Donk, donk, donk. Oof. Uh, uh. No, thank you. Still, this is a gorgeous shot, and this, I love that little uh, uh, like airport looks type amazing. thing down there. Yeah. What do you think the idea is with taking Luke back to Tatooine to the to um to the Lars? You know, do you think it's like hiding, like let's hide him under his nose? Yeah, it could be like hiding him under plain sight. Um, isn't part of the idea as well that like it's such a like hotbed for force activity that's like able to disguise him or something? Maybe. I think that was like one of the ideas. That, and, you know, it's pretty, like, far outside, so I'm sure, like, I don't know, like, how far-reaching the ability to sense things through the Force is. Yeah. I mean, I guess Yoda can feel a bunch of those Jedi deaths from Kashyyyk, so... Yeah, and there are bits in, um expanded canon where he can like sense and communicate with Jedi across the galaxy. Mm -hmm. So I hope that Liam Neeson shows up in the Obi-Wan series. Right. I really do during that training. So this is how the droids get into the rebellion. Right. So I wonder what happened in the in the time where where in three PO's in the rebellion that caused him to lose that leg. I don't know. Or That's at the very question. least, get it re meddled. And this is like you know the effect that Padme had on Naboo, right? The like basically the entire population in Naboo is, and I think that's supposed to be her parents, right? I couldn't tell you. Well, I mean, to be fair, ass. she's like the person who negotiated like. The coming together of the Gungans and the native Nabooian yep. people. Right. There he is. There's Cedo, Bilba, or whatever. Bibble. Yeah, there you go. It's like Bubble, but not quite. Yeah. I'll never get it right. Oh, yeah. And there's the little charm thingy. I like that these are precursors to Star Destroyer. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I did enjoy when I was watching clone wars when i was a kid right or uh, attack of the clones yeah. and stuff was seeing all this stuff where it's like oh it's proto stormtrooper shit yep i like this uh having target yeah so this is supposed to be above geonosis but you really can't tell no no not at all and it's good possibility that maybe they hadn't come up with that. I think that they hadn't at this point. At that point. I, I, it seems like it it seems like it was supposed to be something, but I don't I love Alderon. Yeah. Yeah. Our only time ever seeing it uh not yep. exploded. In one piece. <laughs> and not just a bunch of rocks. Are those floating platforms with trees on them? Uh, let's see if That's another amazing. one pops up. I do definitely Hi, honey, like look. the... Um, I brought you a gift. Right? <laughs> hey, how do you like the uh, baby oh, I brought God. back from the war? 
Leia's theme is just like it's like a kick in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like shit. I remember uh, the uh, Star Wars celebration after she passed away and John Williams did that with an orchestra. Oof, that sounds like a Fucking, rough time. Oh, people were bawling their eyes out. It was gorgeous, but it was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, so Baru Lars, she had some tough times because yeah, she's gorgeous there. And she's not going to be in, a, in 19 years. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I believe that episode four takes place in. Um, Man, do you think that Luca uh, 19 years before. picked up on the standing on a hillside looking out at the two sons thing from uh, from his uncle? Yeah. Do you think that that's just like, oh, yeah, everybody living on this ranch. They just have a tendency. This is um, like the perfect ending to this. Though. Yeah. Like, it really is. And they shot these scenes um, during episode two when they're on Tat in, uh, I think, Tunisia. Oh, yeah. Uh, they picked those. Yeah, they picked those scenes up real fast. Yeah, it makes sense to do it just that way. It's like it'd be a whole thing to transport crew and everything here. Let's just shoot them while we're here. Yeah, they were already there. And people had kind of guessed that that's what it was. You know, they couldn't really think of any other reason that. Plus, it's like, how else is Luke going to get onto Tatooine? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things when you stop and think about it, it's like the sacrifice per se that like Obi-Wan makes, right? right? He's like, I'll go to Tatooine, I'll watch over him. Like, you just gave yourself to living in the desert for like the rest of your yeah, days. Yeah, you consigned yourself to your own like exile. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> I love the idea. A lot of people were talking about the fact that they really wanted to see obi-wan being in exile and like the ptsd and the stuff that he deals with yeah with little to no support like out in the desert you know and all the things that have happened and how he deals with it himself yeah you know of course he does end up you know communing with qui-gon and and i'm pretty sure yoda too right but um but yeah i can't wait to see that that series it was supposed to be the um <clears throat> excuse me it was supposed to be the the movie that they were going to do mm-hmm. you know before they pulled the plug when solo you know quote unquote bombed and they basically expanded it into a series so like i'm so happy for it yeah so excited um yeah so any thoughts like wrapping up the prequel trilogy um I think our previous uh, ranking still holds. Yeah, for sure. I had a far better time with yeah. this than I did the others. Yeah, it like this one in particular is just it's a fun movie to watch. It's almost one that like I could see myself putting on uh, independent of the rest. Right, the other ones it's like if I'm yeah. watching all of them, then I'll put them on. But I'm not going to go back to them. I think willingly. Right. But I think uh, this one in particular, it's just, it's fun. It's got, like, a lot of really good action pieces. It doesn't feel like two hours, personally. For sure. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, episode one, you felt, like, so much of that, that runtime. Yeah. Um, well, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff that kind of drug on. Like, not just the... Um, like not just the pod race but just like in general it took you know like i said i think 
for me, episode one really kicks off when they leave Tatooine. Yeah. And it seems kind of like that for episode two. It takes a while to get into stuff. And even like the great mystery, which I really liked, seemed like that drug on for a little bit. Well, I just, I, I don't feel like it was played well enough. Yeah. For someone with this one, I didn't feel like there was like a whole lot of breathing room. Yeah. Seemed like it was paced a lot better. I mean, you had quiet moments. I mean, you have to. You have to have hills and valleys. Yeah. But it just feels but, like the hills and valleys were way better spaced. Yeah. 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 And, and at least for the first half, I the dialogue worked for me. You know, I, it was just more fun. You know, once, like, the dark side started taking hold, for me, the acting and the dialogue and stuff kind of... Yeah. But it was, like... Takes a little bit of a hit. On, it's, like, nice and it's, like, really punchy dialogue that is kind of what you, you feel is right for Star Wars. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um... You know, I remember reading in a magazine because we didn't really have, well, I mean, we had the Internet, but it wasn't super prevalent. But I remember reading a magazine that they had said that the final battle was going to be like 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, kaboom. Yeah. You know, I don't need Viagra for that. <laughs> you know, and I didn't feel like it was like I could have done without the you know the yoda battle yeah i I guess you kind of want that to split it up a little bit but um you know i i didn't feel bored by the battle yeah i guess or the duel um and overall i think you're right i think my ranking stays the same i think it's you know three two one and i like you know i like the lore of it i like some of the you know i like the idea of the fault of the republic yeah you know, I like seeing the planets, you know, and the aliens. I like seeing the, um, I like seeing the politics of the Republic. Yes. For the most part. Um, you know, I just think it was, I mean, if you go back and listen to the last couple of episodes, I think it's, you know, uh, pretty obvious. I'm not super fond of them. Yeah. And I always say like, I'm not a prequel apologist, but I don't hate them either, but. It definitely seems like um, it after the last two. <laughs> It sounds like it, but like when I think about it as a whole, I don't hate it. Yeah, at all. as a whole, it's and, not. And like terrible. if it's on TV or something, I'm not going to turn the channel per se. Like uh, TNT, you know, has those um, like Thanksgiving and stuff. They always like play them all in a yeah. row. And I still leave it on the channel or whatnot. You know, I don't avoid it, but I don't know that I would pull the Blu rays out and stick them in by choice. Yeah. I would rather go to the ones after this before, yeah. you know, I would go back to the I mean, ones. I would almost even, like, rather do, like, a machete cut type deal. Yeah. Um, and that is the thing, is it's, like, yeah, you should... I'm curious to see how it holds up against all the different fan cuts that there are, fan orders of watching. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch the, um, the anti-cheese edits, if you can find okay. them. It definitely, uh, it definitely, it's a shorter runtime, and he definitely improves the edit on it. I mean, yeah, I would be willing to give a give at least like episode one a shot, you know, see how that one turns out. Yeah, because I feel like that's the one with the most well, amount I think, of cheese. Yeah, I think episode one is the one that he edits the most, followed by two. And I I don't know if he does as many edits in the third one because it's just it. There's not as much pain. It seems like most of the cheese as well as very brief cutaways, as opposed to in one where it's like, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna linger on this for a minute. Um, Any, anything else? Not really. You know, what I would love to do at some point, and maybe we would put this yeah. out on, like, as a YouTube thing, I don't know, 
is I would love for us to do a like movie maintenance thing and try and really map out what our dream like prequel series would be. Oh, yeah, we can I don't do know that. if you've ever listened to Movie Maintenance, but um, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's it's um, ended uh, by now. Oh, that's but right. Didn't they, did they start something else? Not quite. Uh, there's oh, okay. like some group that um, no, they mostly just talk movies. So no, there's not really a, a group like that. I haven't found really many podcasts that are quite like it. Um, but I highly recommend it. Uh, if anybody's interested in like uh, film writing and whatnot, because uh, Gabe Bergmoser off of it does like some really good work. And oh, okay. Basically, can spend the time am, doing um, like pitching a really good film. I am I'm sub to it. I just haven't listened to it. Yeah, um, really good. Like it's, it's one of about like twelve podcasts that you've recommended. Yeah, yeah that happens a lot. That yeah, that I have. Um, I've subbed to, but haven't got around to like plumbing the Death Star, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. I mean, I still think I have something like two hundred and some episodes of uh, science fiction podcasts that I'll probably never listen to. But yeah, it's still yeah. there. But uh, yeah, I'm down for that at some All point. Right. We should definitely do that. Um, next week, will that was kind of oh, you're Sorry. fine. Next week we'll be doing. Uh, we're officially out of the age of republic the republic has fallen and we'll be doing a solo a star wars story yeah um, which and and that's fun I, I think just as a preview i mean uh, it'll come on the episode but i i don't hate that yeah one. i mean i haven't i haven't really watched it since i first saw it in theaters but i didn't hate it in theaters yeah. so i'm sure i won't hate it now yeah i think i've only seen it once um outside of that first time in the theater yeah so yeah, it should be um, it should be a good time. I'm gonna see what kind of uh, little tidbits I can find out before then. I would be very interested to see yeah what what all you can dig up. Um, I know there's at least one deleted scene that I've seen that uh, is pretty cool. So, all right, cool. Well, um, let's see. Let's do one of these 20 minute endings. Yeah. Hey? Um, make sure uh, you follow us on Twitter. I guess. That's what people do now, yep, right? At um, yep, at Nobs Pod uh, on Twitter, N O W B S Pod uh, on Twitter. We don't have any any Instagram. We don't really have anything else. I guess that's can about I, can it. I, um, can um, I make a confession? You, absolutely. I don't, I don't know how Instagram works. I just it's like I feel like I'm too old for Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, it's it's one of those ones where it's like just like with TikTok. I'm like, you, but why? Oh, TikTok. I'm I am with you on that. That it, to me, TikTok is like the new. Um, uh, what the hell was that one that uh, Twitter? Oh, Vine. That, and they shut but down. Vine was good. Yeah, Vine had t- like good content on it. TikTok. I I have yet yeah. to see anything good out of TikTok. I don't. I can't answer that for you. I don't know. But um, but yeah, so yeah, check us out on Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know your opinions on the original trilogy and what was your favorite bits and what was your not so favorite bits. Um, and um, harass uh, Andy Blanchard to come on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Do that. Make that happen. Um, yeah. So we'll see you next week for uh, Solo: A Star Wars Story. And um, anything else? Uh, rate and subscribe.
You forgot that one. That one's the important one. Like the Twitter thing's fun, I guess. Ring subscribe subscribing yeah. like helps uh helps other people find us. I don't know how uh iTunes really does anything anymore, but it does things somehow. There's their algorithms have there changed. is some weird black magic going on behind the scenes at, at uh at Apple for how their podcasts are ranked. And yes. from my understanding, you guys play an instrumental role in uh turning that black magic in our favor. That's what I've heard. Let's tap into that collective unconscious. Yeah, so um, obviously we're listed on Apple Podcasts. We're listed on Spotify. Um, so, yeah, rate and review us on your um, app of choice. Uh, share us with your friends. Share us with your enemies. We we will, you know, burrow our way into their ear holes just as much as anybody like else. Like some awful earwig. That's right. Disgusting, but true. Or like the millipedes out of uh, episode two. Oh God, yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll see you later. Knobs heads, knobs yeah, heads. Knob heads. Go take somebody to a movie this week. Yeah, there's a couple playing. I, I'm not really like into any of them, but there's some playing. Do it anyway, and uh, you know, be nice to each other. We're all film fans. Don't be dicks. <laughs> Bye. All right. See you next week. Bye. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.